And we were live. Recording. No, we're not live yet. We're recording. Oh, oh yeah. Well, we're live <laughs> internally. <laughs> Let me know when we're live. Uh, you can go ahead and click it on Instagram. I'm putting the. We are streaming on Instagram. How many minutes do we have left before we go live? We are we're live going live right now. Right now. And we are live. Welcome once again to the For We Are Many podcast. My name is Dean. I am the person whose voice you are hearing right now. My pronouns are he, him, and we. Rob? I'm Rob. I am uh, your host and comrade. I uh, my preferred pronouns are he and him, but I really enjoy Dean's use of we. Don. Good evening, my my little mounts of stardust floating through the ether. My name is Don. Good news, Hughes. Thank you for letting my um, my words find their way to the uh, caves in the side of your head that you call ears. promise they'll be good words as much as possible tonight. Austin. Hi. I'm Trisha. Hi, I'm Trisha, hostess with the most of France, and uh, thank you for joining us. (laughs) Austin. Hi, I'm Austin, the Radical Patton. Uh, I'm just your average man. Um, Going to try to run for Congress eventually. We'll see. Um, yes. That's about it. If you are hearing our voices, you have not accomplished room temperature, and you are still exchanging your oxygen. Welcome to your for show. That we are proud of you. <laughs> It's so good to see all of you today. I I can't tell you how how good this is. This is nice. Hi, Emily. Facebook told me you were watching. <laughs> um, I am working on sharing this to some indeed, groups. indeed. Oh, while you do that, I'll go ahead and get the presentation pulled up. One of these days, I'll have a uh, webcam that allows you to see my 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 really cool little top desk here. I gotta say that quietly. Mom thinks it's hers. <laughs> <laughs> Sharing is caring. <laughs> <laughs> it's our desk. Hell yeah, comrade! Careful, Rob. FBI. All right. <laughs> All right. So now that I've shared that to some groups, sorry, I should really get used to, you know, doing that like behind the scenes, I guess. But uh, welcome to our current event stream for Monday. No, it's not Monday. Thursday. Sorry. Uh, One of those days. Time is he dropped. <laughs> Time is a human construct. 
Um, our Patreon is live. Um, I know we have what three, five, ten, and uh, an Elon Musk tier. Elon, if you are uh, if you are listening and watching right now, we appreciate your expedience. We've been patient with you long enough. <laughs> yes. Fucking asshole. Uh, with any amount helps with your support we can grow this project into an independent leftist media source uh the address for that is www.patreon.com slash for we are many yeah we are growing we're just babies we're just new in this world enjoying ourselves with you having fun and we need some maybe some shekels drop a few pennies in the bucket Breaking news. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. You can't. That's copyrighted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad. Did I? Did, hold on. Did I share sound? Nope. Do you hear this? Nope. nope. No problem. We are course correcting. We are modifying your content experience. <laughs> Thereby shaping your reality. Welcome to the Matrix. Until until we get it. Oh well, never mind. <laughs> and some website. Hey, there's some cool people. Either tomorrow or Thursday, probably, about the campaign finance section of HR one, which is an omnibus uh, voting reform bill. Has three sections: one on voting, a lot of good measures in there, make it easier to vote, uh, make it harder to prevent people from voting, and it's got an ethics section, which has some good things like requiring presidential candidates to disclose their tax returns. But it buried in the middle of it is a campaign finance reform that I say is a reform that doesn't reform. One thing it does is increased by five times the amount of money you've got to raise to qualify, which puts it beyond the reach of third parties like the Green Party. Now, under the current public funding of presidential campaigns, the presidential primary matching funds, you have to raise $5,000 in 20 states in contributions of $250 or less. And our campaign was the only campaign that uh, qualified and applied for those funds. The major party candidates don't apply these days because if you accept public money, there's a cap on how much private money you can spend, which this year was about $52 million. And for the major party candidates, that's not enough. The cost of campaigning has just gone up through the roof so much that they haven't been taking it in recent elections. <clears throat> So that's one problem. It basically excludes third parties. And then it provides a six to one match for the money you do raise. Now it's a one to one match, which may sound good, but when you think about it, what that does is increase the disparity between candidates sevenfold. So if you're, suppose the Green Party barely qualified at $500,000, but uh, a small, major party candidate like Marianne Williamson or 
Julian Castro, they raised about $5 million in small contributions. So multiply both of those qualified amounts of funds by six times. So the green would get uh, $350,000 or $3.5 million. And, you know, a candidate like Julian Castro would get $45 million. So the disparity increases from $4.5 million to $31.5 million, which is a seven-fold increase. So that's another problem with it. It also increases the amount that national party committees can contribute to presidential campaigns. Now it's $5,000. Each national party has three national committees, the national committee itself and their Senate and House campaign committees. That increases from $5,000 under this HR1 proposal to $100 million. And what that does is open more opportunities for big donors because while you're limited to $5,600, $2,800 for the primary, $2,800 for the general, to the candidates committee, you can give over $109,000 to the national committees in 2020. So if you gave to all three, it'd be about $330,000. So that's, that's big donor money. And then there's more problems as a result of decisions like Citizens United and McCutcheon in 2014, they have victory funds now that are joint uh, committees of the candidate committee for president, the national committee and state party committees. So rich folks could give over $620,000 to Biden's victory fund. Trump's was a little under 500,000. Depends on how many state parties participated. Now, you know, the little people can't participate in that, but it's just more opportunity. And then, of course, you've got unlimited contributions. People can make the super PACs and dark money that's laundered through 501c4 nonprofits and passed on to super PACs. And those are so-called independent expenditures, but everybody sort of winks at that, knowing that these super PACs are usually set up by former campaign staffers, and they don't need to be directly instructed to know what the message needs to be put out there. So the, the campaign finance reform in HR uh, 1 basically adds a little bit of public money on top of this exploding volcano of private money. And so that's why I call it a reform that doesn't reform. Shouts out to Natalie. Welcome. So basically, I wanted to just play that as an intro. There is a longer paper that he wrote on it that is available at HowieHawkins.us. Um, yeah, it sounds good on the surface, uh, especially the way that the media has portrayed it. You know, they're focusing on the good things and they're not focusing on how it continues to silence third parties. Yeah. You know, well, how yeah, many jobs this... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. How many jobs? It just sounds like corporation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, <laughs> go you ahead. and I are thinking the same thing, just different channels. Yeah. Yep. It's a huge business, man. I mean, imagine the imagine the 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 the, the careerist vampires that literally had a, a, a zombie movie attack to the top 
during the whole Biden run-up. Imagine that. And all of those career Democrat operators and Jesus. Shout out to the sheriff. He's going to know exactly who I'm talking about. Uh, Love you, buddy. <laughs> He's in the comments. That's that's pretty cool. That's pretty Is cool. he? Hey! <laughs> How's it going, bro? <laughs> Been too long, man. Been too long. Anyway, does anybody else have anything they want to throw in on HR1? I mean, I just hey. basically want to say, call your representatives. Um... Yeah, and you don't even have to call them. You don't even have to call them civil names. <laughs> Actually, if you call them uncivil names, they might get the point faster. But <laughs> Howie's right. It's a reform that doesn't reform. It. It's, yeah. Exactly. It brings more corporations in and rich people and able to control and donate to these politicians. So. I mean, it just, it adds more corruption on top of what we've already had. Agreed. That's all I got. All right, moving on to mutual aid. Hell yeah. Um, so before we get into the stories today pertaining to mutual aid, I wanted to talk a little bit about the importance of dual power. Um, it's a term coined by Lenin in the Pravda article, and it was used during the Second Revolution in 1917, but it's been used by a lot of groups that are not explicitly Marxist-Leninists. Um, it refers to a system in which more than one group are coexisting and or competing for power. Um, essentially, uh, it's been used a lot by libertarian socialists and anarchists as well. Um, it's It's usually used to refer to the nonviolent strategy of achieving a uh, socialist economy by means of incrementally establishing and then networking institutions of direct uh, participatory democracy. Um, basically, it's building an alternative. That's what we're looking for here, is building an alternative. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we, we need to we need to forge alliances. We need to we need to organize our communities and get involved at the local level if we want to replace the system that we all know is doing more harm than good at this point in its existence. Yeah. Does anybody else have anything they want to add in on dual power? No. Uh, strategies used by um, by multiple groups to build dual power has included mutualism, which is building alternative economies through co-ops, credit unions, and local purchasing. Municipalism, uh, which is building popular assemblies to make decisions at the community level. Syndicalism, which is building revolutionary credit unions to confront management in the workplace. Um, there's, there's a bunch of different ways to go about this. And um, that's, that's the whole goal of mutual aid. And that's why I wanted to bring that up. Now on with our regularly scheduled stream. Um, 
So the first story comes from the New York Times, and I want to just point that out. Uh, you know, even capitalist publications are noticing the effectiveness of mutual aid. So, you know, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, neighborhood groups are trying to provide a pandemic safety net. It originally said mutual aid groups, but whatever. Mutual aid groups, which have uh, provided a crucial pandemic safety net, are evolving into a long-term effort to help with food, clothing, and counseling. It's about building the world we want to see, a volunteer said. Mutual aid groups that were formed largely ad hoc to address temporary needs are now facing challenges they are not well enough to equip, uh, equip to take on. Recruiting, retaining a sufficient member of volunteers, securing enough donations of money and goods to keep going, and finding space to serve people. A group that came together last spring to offer free mental health care to frontline workers is trying to enlist more established community-based groups um, to bear part of the burden by organizing group therapy sessions and providing them in Spanish and Mandarin. These are hurdles that come with reaching out for mental health services that are far beyond just the pandemic, said Dr. Nicole Adrioli, a psychologist in Manhattan and one of the group's organizers. People were really in kind of like a fight or flight mode, kind of frozen. When this ends, we're expecting to see the trauma response increase. Um, the second one is, uh, I, I found this really inspirational being a cook for a living. Um, the, everybody check out the group. Everybody eats when you have a chance. Um, they're a Philly based mutual aid group. They recently traveled to Texas to feed people that did not have access to food. Um, chef Stephanie Willis saw the devastating impact that winter storm Uri had on Texas leaving hundreds of thousands without power, water, and food. She knew that everybody eats had to do something. The community-driven mutual aid group helped, helmed by black bot, five black chefs pulled food and essentials drives with a team of volunteers around Philly on a bi-weekly basis. We started Everybody Eats because there aren't a lot of people who look like us who help people like us. And hearing that low-income people of color were struggling in the wake of, of the storm, Everybody Eats saw an opportunity to use their organizing skills to do even more good. Uh, the article said this weekend, but this was written before, you know. This, this is from last week. Uh, the group will travel to Texas to host a food drive for those affected by the storm. The team uh, spoke with community le leaders in Houston and Dallas to see if there was still need, looking to contribute where they could be most helpful. But it wasn't until a family member of Willis's in San Antonio shared stories of food insecurity in his city that they decided to organize one of their outdoor food drives for residents there. They were hit very hard. There are still issues getting water, Willis said. Using their connections with food distributors, Everybody Eats was able to source water, supplies, and ingredients to cook at the Agape Christian Church in San Antonio from 2 p.m. onwards. Our situation is unique in that we're all chefs first, so we love to feed people. And um, I'm just going to bring up this image of the group. Um, they're doing great work. I've, I find it really, really inspiring. And I wish that I could get involved with something like that, frankly. Well, I mean, maybe I can. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet. But um, I'm also organizing a park cleanup here in Glendale, Arizona. I'm sure most of you listening are not here, but uh, that's going to be my first like attempt um, to 
organize the community around a single issue here. So that should be fun. <clears throat> Anybody else have anything to say about uh, Everybody Eats, though? I think what they're doing is awesome. Fucking solid here. More power to them. Yeah, that's, that's really beautiful, actually. Indeed. Um, so then I guess we're moving on to sustainability. Today we're talking about hemp houses. I've been a Hold fan on, of this idea for a long time. Um, actually, I think pretty much all of us have, realistically. Um, so this this particular story is in Australia. But uh, basically they built their house themselves. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, it was kind of expensive to build, but talking about like $300,000 roughly, but it's a nice ass house. I'm going to screen share in a minute and show what the house looks like, but let's get through the, the facts first. Um, it's a, it's a couple decided to build a low impact house in the Hills. And they say that they hope one day their very alternative building product will be seen as mainstream. Um, I, I do too. They say hemp, a plant product, has been used in numerous countries as a building material for thousands of years, but is relatively uncommon in Australia. Uh, Miss Jankowski, that's the, the wife in the partnership. Well, I don't know if they're married. It, it just says partner. But anyway, is an environmental scientist said their goal was to build a house that was a low impact on the environment, as low impact on the environment as possible. Hemp is an amazing insulator. It's fireproof, termite proof, and it also absorbs water vapor so you don't get mold or dampness building up in your house. Over the life of the building, it actually gets stronger. It feels like it turns into stone. It basically does, and that's why it's also known as hempcrete. Um, the couple's home is also solar passive with its windows, walls, and floors designed to collect, store, reflect, and distribute solar energy in the form of heat during winter months and deflect heat in the summer. Um, Austin, I saw you have something to say. I'm just going to show a couple pictures of this house and then I'll turn it over to you. All right. Sorry that took so long, but check this fucking house out, man. That's dope, oh, that's right? Beautiful. Yeah, damn. Yeah, and they built it with hemp. Um, crazy. Yeah, we should I, specify it's it's obviously not all hemp and like hempcrete is a great insulator, but it's not a structural material. Not while it's setting. I mean, you have to build it around a wooden frame just like you would anything else. But I've, I've seen some videos where basically they framed out the walls and build it one level at a time, you know, with hempcrete and the wall up a little bit higher for, you know, the wood part, poured some hempcrete in the space between the you know, wood walls in order to get it to set in, you know, wall shape. Um, but it's meant to say load-bearing material. Um, I don't know. I would have to check into that with like somebody who's a structural engineer who's worked with hempcrete. I know there's some companies that have started up here in the States doing so, but I would, I would have to search right now to find some, but 
you know, that would definitely be an aspect to look into. Um, but even if you still have to use wood beams for load bearing and stuff like that, the benefits of having the house be that well insulated and resistant to mold, etc., would be beautiful, you know, and sustainable. It would cut down significantly on the amount of wood needed for building a structure. Well, um, remember so we were talking about. I was actually just going to turn it over to you, Austin. I wanted to make sure you didn't get forgot. <laughs> well, we're, well, to add on to that, we were talking about they uh, were able to now 3D print tables, wooden tables. Weren't we talking about that in a previous podcast? So I'm they sure can, they'd they be able to 3D grow. print. It's, it's yeah, lab, lab grow. That's wood. what it yeah. was, right? So Which, they could do that for beams too, I'm sure. Right. So therefore, we wouldn't have to chop any trees down, really. So uh, what I was going to bring up was about uh, mutual aid before that. I'm sorry, I didn't speak up. But uh, we're doing uh, a community drive in Greenville. Uh, what it is is, you know, you get people to donate clothing, uh, you know, toys and uh, even food for people that can't uh, afford that stuff right now. And what I'm gonna do is as soon as I get uh, money, I'm gonna buy like uh, hygiene products, uh, toothbrushes, deodorant, shampoo, soap, and stuff like that for those people as well. And I was just saying that, uh, I just wanted to say that I think that we could all do something of that nature. If, uh, you know, you, you could even ask, uh, your stores, your local stores, or even other places, if they could uh, donate products of that of that sort for people to get some sort of mutual aid started in your area. Well, that's all I wanted to add to that. Indeed. So our next one um, is going to be a. I'm going to drop the link in the chat. I'm obviously not going to go over a whole fucking website um, with you guys. I just. Put that in the uh, Zoom chat, Dean. If you can drop it on the on the stream. Roger that. Um, so the minimalistvegan.com did a hundred simple tips to live a more sustainable lifestyle. Uh, that link is going to be coming into the chat. But on the surface, it can be it can seem incredibly difficult to reduce your environmental footprint, especially when you see that others around you aren't doing their part. We all see that every day. But when you break it down into small steps, you realize you have a lot more power than you thought. So like around the house, basic things like using LED bulbs instead of incandescent, uh, they last longer. They're actually really cheap now. Um, that wasn't always the case, but put on an extra layer of clothing instead of turning on the heat. Seriously, put on another pair of socks, put on a hoodie. It's, it's simple. Um, use a drying line instead of a power dryer. Um, Obviously, for those of you in the colder areas, you can't do that yet, but, you know, when you can. Um, start timing your showers, grow your own herbs, fruit, vegetables, even if it's just a few pots around the house, it all helps. Um, so basically, that's just a few of the tips out of the hundred, but I wanted to just bring it up. I think it's a pretty well put together list. Oh, I actually just realized that I put one of the slides out of order. <laughs> That's funny. So uh, back to that hemp house, there was a, they did a polished concrete floor 
adorned with rainbow stones, shells, and even whale teeth to add to the unique character. That's interesting. Basically, though, there's uh, she's talking about how a lot of builders are exploring and doing hemp panels that can speed up the process and make it less labor intensive. And every year it becomes more accessible. Sorry, I skipped that. That was that was a mess. I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead, Austin. Did you see that they are able to three 3D print houses now? Yes. Uh, they have one that I've seen. It's they're charging only around, I believe, three thousand dollars for it. And it's a 3D printed house because it doesn't take much manual labor, so it's very cost cost efficient. Yeah, that's well, all I wanted to say. Yeah, hell yeah. Anything else to add on to sustainability? Anybody? No. All right, moving on to women's rights. Um. Welcome. To Women's History Month. Here's our first piece. Indeed. The more, I've the more I've spoken about feminism, the more I have realized that fighting for women's rights has too often become synonymous with man-hating. If there is one thing I know for certain, it is that this has to stop. I started questioning gender-based assumptions a long time ago. When I was eight, I was confused being called bossy because I wanted to direct the plays that we would put on for our parents. But the boys were not. When at 14, I started to be sexualized by certain elements of the media. When at 15, my girlfriends started dropping out of their beloved sports teams because they didn't want to appear muscly. When at 18, my male friends were unable to express their feelings. I decided that I was a feminist, and this seemed uncomplicated to me. But my recent research has shown me that feminism has become an unpopular word. Women are choosing not to identify as feminist. Why has the word become such an uncomfortable one? I am from Britain, and I think it is right that I am paid the same as my male counterparts. I think it is right that I should be able to make decisions about my own body. I think... I think it is right that women be involved on my behalf in the policies and the decisions that will affect my life. Damn right. You know, she's, she's touched on quite a few important aspects there. Um, Starting with, you know, the attitude towards women even identifying as feminists, 
being something that is frowned upon even by a lot of women today who you know the misogyny is coming from inside of the house um and it a lot of it has to do with being attacked for basically saying no i have the right to make these decisions about my own life my own body i don't need to ask anybody else to condone or approve of my decisions concerning my life and my body and that's something that we really need to work on as a society when it comes to our attitudes because the archaic patriarchal shit needs to be left in the past learned from for sure not forgotten but uh remembered is here's another point where we fucked up that was fixed and i'm glad that you know the attitude is shifting not just in the of women but in a lot of men who also identify as feminists and are going no wait a minute this this shit wrong for uh, um women's access to health care to be legislated by a bunch of men who have no clue even where to find a clitoris if they had a fucking map, let alone any business legislating what a woman is allowed to do with her own body, um, whether it be access to birth control or abortion or whatever the case may be. Um, we need to see more of the needle being pushed to the left, as Dean would say, with um, actually preserving women's rights and, you know, to have truly equal rights because start with the foundation of our laws and Yeah, so just going to jump on in the absence of uh until she can return. Um, you know, I'll be honest at um, first. I'm back. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. I just wanted to finish that thought that I was saying. Of, uh, we need to correct things going back to the beginning. Of it shouldn't even be saying in our law that all men are created equal. All people are created equal. Well said. And now I pass it back to you, Dean. Just oh, no. in time. It's yeah, actually. Session. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, well, obviously, we noted that in uh, Arkansas and Texas, uh, Louisiana is in horror as as most states have declared victory and reduced their uh, restrictions, uh, removed their mask policies, and Texas is setting records again. They've had it's as by my watch on the East Coast, it's 835 and they've had 7,300 new cases and another almost 300 deaths. So, sorry, Louisiana. You guys are sandwiched directly between idiots and it's every person for themselves. Um, I do know that Arkansas is their case, their case uh, run rate is much lower than Texas and their death daily death rate, even though they still lost 12 people. Can you imagine? We are living in a time whereby you're hearing my voice describe the loss of 12 people as a little bit. Now, how long is it going to take us to unpack 
the horror that we have not allowed ourselves to even comprehend. So the only thing that means to people who are, oh, somebody is in the waiting room, probably. Oh, it's Austin. Oh, okay, good. Switching devices. Austin. That, that only serves as a reminder, people. Those of you who are hearing my voice, you, you really only get one shot to do this the right way. You don't want your grandchildren looking on to your decisions and saying, what the fuck were they thinking? Do the right things. And you know what they are. Be careful and do the right things. I, there isn't a whole lot of news other than some political stuff as it relates to the to the stimulus bill. I think Kamala Harris tipped a, tipped a vote so they can begin the overall negotiations or whatever. However, they're going to give you your 2000, no, 18, no, 16, no, 1400, no, dollars. Anybody seen any money? Let us know in the comments. I've seen them spend a lot of money on candles and bombs. Yeah. Where's my money, Sleepy Joe? So, speaking of Sleepy Joe, Biden is saying that vaccine doses could be available for all adult Americans Sorry, by the end of May. Um, I'm not even going to get into the details. That's his claim. We'll see. Um, I got a couple other things here, too. Merck is going to help manufacture the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. The governor Finally. of Texas says the state can fully reopen next week despite CDC warnings to governors against easing restrictions. A variant in Brazil infected many who had already recovered from COVID-19, so that's a, a newer variant we got to keep an eye on. And the World Health Organization's emergencies chief says it's premature and unrealistic to think that the pandemic might be stopped by the end of the year. Uh be surprised if it was stopped by the end of next year. Sick. I still think we're facing a third wave and I'm seeing the cases begin to rise again. Sweden's talking about uh, enacting their first lockdown of the pandemic because they've seen a spike in cases. You know, that's an interesting point you brought up. Sweden was a holdout, right? If you remember back in April, May time period, they said, we're not locking down, we're not masking. You guys are nuts. We're going to handle it. And the media started dribbling articles. What's so different about Sweden? Sweden right? Is Sweden wrong? And the, the right in this country, the the deniers latched onto that and said, look what's happening. It's no worse than anywhere else. Well, if you go now and look at Sweden versus Finland and Norway, holy shit. You know, it's quite clear and obvious where, where the brain wiring got disconnected there. Uh, James in the comments said easing up on the masks is a bad idea, and I think that's essentially the point that you were trying to get at. Actually, we should be double masking. Uh, cloth one over the paper one. So actually, we can face because this is airborne. There are gaps in your mask where airflow is happening without being filtered. You are either breathing it in from somebody who is nearby you that is infected, or if you're infected, you're breathing it out on other people. So, double mask. Instead of, we want to be done with our masks and, you know, want to go gather in public to the thousands, spread it around events, are just 
a bunch of convenience. Ridiculous. Pretty much. Pretty much. Now, have we? Were we just talking about Texas? Correct. Okay, so uh, and the immigrants that are coming in that are getting it right, or that have it. Did, did we touch on that at all? No, please do. Okay, so they uh, just tested uh, their immigrants that are coming over that we're allowing into the country, and they've tested, I, I believe it's over 100 that have gotten it, and they, they're they letting them in. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't. I mean, that's fine that they're letting them in, but what, what it is is, I mean, th- they were doing this before they lifted the mandate for the masks and they were, they were testing these immigrants. And then he lifts the mandate knowing that they're having people come into the country that uh, are infected. Are, are so, these migrant workers or immigrants? Are these seasonal workers or immigrants? I think they are seasonal workers that okay. I believe of. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that it's wrong that they're letting them in. I'm saying- No, no, that's, that's not a question, right? I'm just curious. That yeah. he, he lifted the, this mandate that he knows that uh, that the, these people are infected, and I mean, what what it's going to do is they're going to go work and they're going to spread it to other people because they can't stay, you know, they cannot not work. That's the right. thing, you know what I mean? Yes. So, yeah, yeah. not most people, even people who are residents, are in that situation, and we are living in the middle of a runaway viral outbreak of a disease that spread as Prisha aptly pointed out airborne from person to person so as i say every show this disease is transmitted through contact with human beings do your best to limit that contact if you're not in your circle of trust avoid them hold your breath in the grocery store when you're running past somebody whose goddamn nose is sticking out of their mask like a dumbass i hate that shit I see it all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> and I, I, I see everybody wear a shirt that says, pull it up over your fucking nose. Uh, yeah, I, I see it all the time. And I like, I glare at them, you know, sometimes. But I mean, that's not going to help. That's just going to reinforce their uh, negative behaviors, you know, like, ah, oh, 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 I'm getting to some certain right extent. And owning the libs. But it'll get you through that minute and get you out of that store alive with all with all, with every hope in my heart. Don't be afraid to challenge people for your six feet. I have a friend who says quite clearly to people, "Give me my six feet, please," and they back off. Oh yeah, I mean that. that I mean that that should be a, a thing even before this happened. You know, you shouldn't be standing like inches behind somebody i mean personal space was a thing you know now it seems like the conservatives aren't even caring about a personal space you know people don't like other people around them sometimes it's just a thing you know so do you guys see a point in time where we'll ever return to uh i mean i personally am enjoying the lack of flu and and cold and and various digestive tract illnesses that apparently we were dragging around amongst ourselves. Um, I maybe never, I may be always wearing a mask. I don't know. I may sound like a complete bleeding heart shitbag liberal, but I'm kind of enjoying not being sick constantly. Well, I think uh, with these schools opening again, 
I think that it's going to, people are going to get sick again. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I do the teachers, the parents, you know, even grandparents that, I mean, if you don't abide by, you know, I, my niece, she's 17 and she's in school right now. And she says that she doesn't want to go to school because the kids, you know, they're supposed to wear their masks, but they're not. And nobody is enforcing it. So the doorknob liquors are, are, well, can she, does she have an option to stay home? No, they don't have an, I mean, she can, she can have an option to, I think it's go a couple of days a week and then do a computer for a couple of days a week. But she also works at a nursing home. Oh, so oh, Jesus. That's see, there's a recipe for disaster right there. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. you're hearing the manifestation of why we are in the middle of a runaway pandemic and we have no idea how to how to how to get it under control we never will because of this is a perfect use case well there are virtual schools she's got one year left correct maybe she disenrolls and i mean you know marking period times about right now maybe now is a good time to dip out and jump into a virtual school yeah i don't i don't think she's going to try to go to college i mean I've told no, her I'm about talking about to finish experience. high school just to oh, get yeah, out of yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, she can even even if she wants, she can just quit, get her GED or something. Or I mean, then with her GED, she can go through the where she's working and get her RN or you know. So I have a 12-year-old with asthma. My wife has lupus. I have two elderly people above the age of 75, both with comorbidities, including diabetes and hypertension. Uh, no one's going to school. No one's going to, I'm not sending my kid with asthma into that schoolhouse with those doorknob licking <laughs> dirty fingered little fuckers. No, thanks. No, my, uh, my little sister, she, uh, she has five kids and uh, they're all going back to school. But my, my stepmom has a uh, COPD and my yep. dad has diabetes and he just, I don't know if he still has it, but he had ammonia and they watch them all the time. They watch those kids whenever. Must you drive know. you nuts. Oh yeah. And I, my wife works at Walmart and I don't even want to go over there and visit them just because of that. You know what I mean? Sure. Cause you but, don't know. And unless you're getting yourself tested every other day, you have no idea. And my little sister, her, her husband is a anti-masker. So I'm just like, why Fabulous. would you, yeah. Why would you put yourself at risk? You, you know, to, I mean, yeah, you need to help your family and I'm, I'm glad they are helping each other, but it's just like, if, if you, if you get this and, and you get it, you'll, you're probably not going to make it. And then who's going to watch the kids then, you know? Right. So it's just like. Well, Lord, guys, I mean, I say it every show, it's every person for themselves. Your government will not help you. Your neighbors will not help you. Your community will not help you. And then, as Austin has pointed out many times, your, your own family will not help you. They will work against your best interest to maintain some facade of normal or to maintain a, a provocative or controversial position. I'm not, not willing, and you should not be willing to risk your life or your loved one's lives for someone else's ideology. Let them make their last stand. So, 
And with that, we can probably wrap the COVID news. That's quite a quite quite a diatribe on COVID. Unless anybody else has anything to add. Wash your fucking hands, people. Lord have mercy. Basic hygiene. Wash your fucking hands. I'm gonna I'm going to abstain because I promised that I would have good words today. And, <laughs> and that you shall. You're the hope of the entire call and this entire stream. No yeah, that's a, you know, that's a valid point. You know, I, I don't want people to come away from this feeling worse. You know, we're here to bring you information, right? Not necessarily here to bring you down. Like, you know, I don't want anybody leaving this stream thinking, oh my God, everything's terrible. Um, but, and, and at the same time, you know, we're not here to red pill your ass and wake you up, but that might happen as a result of consuming our little show. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're realists, you know, so. Correct. And we're trying to look for solutions to these problems. We're trying yes. to build alternatives. Right. That's why I brought up dual power today. Right, because, I mean, yes, we do need to acknowledge where the problems are, but that's so that we can see where we fucked up and how we can do things different in order to fix it. That's the goal. You know, that's something I really like about this group of people is we all come from varying areas of the left. Like, I'm not as far left as some of you, and we have different backgrounds, too. That's really, really cool. It helps out with ideas. I'm slightly to the left of Karl Marx. <laughs> if I could nationalize every private corporation and, and give all of us their profits and press them into service for people, I think that would be an ideal uh, ideal state of capitalism. Yes. I would totally support you in that. <laughs> sounds like don't. we have a child's approval. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. If we don't, they will turn us into blood and feed us to each other. It's not a matter of it's not a matter of if. It's when. Yeah. Well, the greenest people. Anyway, Trump's uh, cash plea uh, could end up complicating GOP fundraising efforts. I see this as a double-edged sword for us. Um. You know, like it's good that it's going to disrupt the traditional GOP fundraising efforts, but it's also terrifying that Donald Trump is gonna control it through his pack. Um, well, he's not only controlling it through his pack, he's also siphoning from the cash stream. Not saying that he's siphoning into his pocket, but he's still collecting campaign contributions to this day. Yeah. Is he still, is he still putting out... <laughs> Dude, he's, he's selling fucking Miss Me at t-shirts, apparently. Oh my fucking god! Is he still putting out memos uh, with the presidential seal on him? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes, he is. <laughs> You're the, the former president. It's March fourth. It's March fourth, and you guys didn't storm the Capitol. He didn't take power. I know it's hard to believe in change, but man, he's scamming he you. He's a snake oil salesman. He's a carpetbagger. 
he well, he abandoned you. A lot of these former presidents do these speeches for uh, banks and large corporations, and then they they pay them after they're out of the presidency. They pay them hundreds of thousand dollars for these speeches. You know what I mean? So I mean, it's just. It's well, Hillary famously was three hundred and fifty or four hundred and fifty thousand dollars a speech yeah, for many years. Right. Yeah, for Goldman Sachs and all that. I mean, it's just correct. So um, the the CPAC thing was uh, Trump's first speech since leaving office, and the former president encouraged his supporters to give directly to him and to the Save America PAC. Um. That's why I was saying it could complicate the GOP fundraising efforts. Dumbasses. Let them tear themselves apart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But that fractioning party is still probably going to mop the floor with the Democrats in the fucking midterm elections. Oh, yeah, I believe so, too. We're stuck if in this can't... vicious back and forth lesser two evils cycle and it doesn't, it doesn't work. Oh, man, Especially... it's more than just that. It's Sorry, Austin, you go ahead. Especially with them not uh, fighting for anything that they campaigned on, any of their promises they campaigned on. Like 15, uh, they can't even fight for that. I mean, it's just like, why would we elect you guys if you can't even fight for those things? I mean, it's, you know, and I'm not saying me, but I'm saying Democrats, period. So go ahead, Don. I was just going to say it's... Politics has become sports for people who don't watch sports. It, every time we have an election, it's, it's oh, my team lost this time, but my team's going to win next time. We'll take them in the midterms. And that's not how it's supposed to work. It's led to what we, the fucking mess that we see before us now. It, that goes with that they don't even uh, run on policies really anymore. They, uh, run on uh i'm not them so vote for me i'm not donald trump so i must be better so yeah natalie said uh a couple things in the comment uh in the comments actually she said truth to power um she said trump is a sick narcissist fascist in my opinion i completely agree with that assessment uh and then she said i couldn't even watch it all all his lies in the first minute even yeah, and that's why I didn't go into detail much on that story. Just, you know, just be aware that Trump is fundraising for his own pack, not for the GOP. And apparently he's still getting millions of dollars of working class money. He um, needs it. He's, <laughs> I say that facetiously, but his restaurants are tanking, his hotels are tanking. Um, he's got a fuckload of debts that are coming due in the next few years. He has no ability to pay back and he's trying to hustle these fucking t-shirts right now and these pack monies to save his own ass. And that's all. Cause that's all he's ever cared about is saving his own ass at our expense. Yeah. I guarantee we're going to see more bankruptcies out of that motherfucker just like we always have through his entire fucking career because he doesn't have anything to pay back these outstanding debts that are in the millions to these banks, if not billions at this point. I think he still have multiple lawsuits against him too. I mean, did they ever yep. 
his college that he totally screwed everybody out of that you know a whole yeah, bunch of people signed college. up for yeah yep yep yeah James said, and if they lose, it's fake news, a sham and a hoax. That is a dangerous narrative, and we need to, we need to nip that in the bud. For fucking real. When they point at anything that's really happening and scream fake news, even in the face of evidence, there's something seriously wrong here that people aren't capable of critical thinking and assessing situations for what they really are and not what they want them to be. Right. And yeah. we have to do. On to the uh, next story. Fauci says the political divide over masks led to half a million COVID deaths. Well, in part, led to half a million COVID deaths. And uh, we've been talking about, we already talked about masks. I don't, I, I just want to reiterate the point wear your fucking mask, wash your fucking hands. Mm hmm. Basically, people. Um, right. So I got another video to show. Uh, this is, this is, uh, Reuters actually, but it's, uh, footage from Myanmar. Wearing yellow and white construction helmets, some holding homemade shields made out of wood, others with a satellite dish. Myanmar's protests against the military coup showed no sign of letting up on Wednesday. Security forces fired rubber bullets, stun gun grenades, and tear gas to break up the protests. Later, there they were have, reports of live ammunition shields. fired, and at least nine people were killed. It comes a day after the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, or ASEAN, urged restraint. But they failed to unite behind a call for the military to release ousted government leader Aung San Suu Kyi and restore democracy. Meanwhile, inside the country, a prominent activist called for sanctions on businesses linked to the military. Across the nation on Wednesday, nine people were hurt and at least two people were killed in the second largest city of Mandalay. That's according to the Myanmar Now news agency. In Yangon, hundreds of people were detained, including several protest leaders and activists said, as well as local media reports of firing and deaths in the central towns of Mingyan and Maguay. Media also reported five people were wounded in the town of Monua. The military has justified the coup, saying its complaints of voter fraud in the November 8th election were ignored. Nearly 1,300 people have been detained, according to activists, including six journalists in Yangon. So, yeah, that's some pretty wild shit. Um, there's been a lot of reports at this point of live ammunition being used. Um, there's been the last death toll I saw was in the forties, I believe. Um, it's really terrible. Um, and, and Myanmar's coup sounds a whole lot, a whole lot like the line that Trump was trying to feed everybody after the election. Oh, it, you know, like, okay, so the, it, essentially they said that the democratically elected government was not democratically elected, and they said that the election results were fake and yada yada. The exact same shit that goes against all evidence that Trump was doing here. It was a blatant coup uh, attempt, is my point in bringing Trump back up, but... Um, 
in terms of Myanmar, we know that there has been 40 something people killed. We know that they are in some instances using live ammunition. We know that they are freely using chemical agents and freely using rubber bullets. We know that the civilians have made shields and they're not backing down. Um, but that's, that's really all we know. Uh, does anybody else else have anything to share or anything to add to that? Did that news report even say anything about them using live ammunition? Cause I didn't hear anything. I just no. heard that a couple people died. Yeah. Okay. So that being said, um, it is from Reuters, which is a more right wing source. So that's probably why. Yeah. I mean, they're, I posted something. I, I think I posted it to the four many for we are many group, and it was this. Uh, she had to have been early twenties. She was an artist, and they, they she died. She was literally shot and killed there in Myanmar. Yep. So I mean, that's just what's happening there is just horrific, and it it needs to end. I, it almost needs the, the UN or somebody needs to come in and end it. So. It's just something that shouldn't be happening. Yeah, absolutely. On to another situation that's hard to get news about in the U.S. Um, there's still tens of thousands of farmers protesting all around Delhi every every day. They are still directing traffic completely around Delhi. <coughs> and then uh, record... Global food prices benefit Indian farmers, but stoke inflation fears. But I mean, they deserve the the labor value. <laughs> they, you're never going to convince anybody on the left, I don't think, that those people don't deserve a living. Um, anybody else have any international stuff to throw out, or? Um. There have been a series of earthquakes around the globe lately. Um, one in particular happened today in New Zealand. It was a magnitude 7.3. There were tsunami uh, warnings issued. Um, one of the volcanoes in Iceland is suspected to be erupting soon. So watch out for that. Anybody that's traveling to Northern Europe, I know it's hard to do for us Americans, because, you know, we can't get this fucking pandemic under control. But um, that will definitely affect um, travel if it does, in fact, erupt. Indeed. Um, I was actually just asking Dean to pull up some news about the earthquake, but I mean, realistically, I guess I could, too. Um. Yeah, I had to step off camera for a second. Sorry. Oh, you're good. Was that today or yesterday? Do you know? I believe it was today. It's... Oh, yesterday. holy shit. Actually, yesterday. there's been a shit ton of yeah. earthquakes today. A 6.3 yeah. in Greece, a 5.9 in Tonga, a 6.2 in Tonga, a 6.1 in Tonga, an 8.1 in Tonga, a 5.6 in Greece, these are all today. Holy fuck. Guys, shit. and and these are not small earthquakes. And then the the 7.3 off is uh just off of New Zealand. 
I don't know where Vanuatu. I'm probably saying that all. Vanuatu. 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 Yeah. My grandpa was there. Mm, indeed. But yeah, wow. there's, there's been a ridiculous amount of earthquakes today. Um, yes, sir. And there is a tsunami headed for Hawaii, apparently, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't know if anyone said that, but I mentioned the tsunami warnings. Um, actually, in the, the tsunami watch was canceled. Good. According to the was it? Okay. Yes. That's the one for Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lord have mercy. The Earth is breathing. <laughs> She's mad at us, man. Mom's mom's pissed off. We fucked up. Yeah. So yeah, there was I I counted I I didn't actually count, but there was about a dozen earthquakes today. That is that is insane. So I I will have to keep an eye on that in the coming days for sure. Um for that matter if anybody in the comments has anything to throw out and pertaining to these earthquakes we make these these uh shows a couple of days beforehand generally so we don't always have a chance to throw stuff in like we did for hr1 um but yeah if anybody knows any of the situations on the ground uh where the earthquakes have happened if they're happening over there there's a chance that we could have them over here too. So, well, things like this, I think, are going to get more common before well, yeah, they, with they get better. Climate, well, climate think, change, think about I mean, the fact that, like, we're just completely extracting a significant portion of an entire layer of the earth of the Earth's crust every day. Yeah. We put our cars in it. We make everything in our house out of it. Yeah, uh, fracking. Fracking has something to do with that too. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole lot of factors we could go into. Um, the, the the poles are shifting so much that I want to say last year, um, NATO asked the U.S. to figure out where to update the GPS because they couldn't figure out where Magnetic North was. I mean, there's a whole lot of factors we haven't been covering that pertain to climate change. I mean, we... We had a lot of signs of this going to happen before it started happening, too. It's, you know, I mean, we're having sinkholes all across the United States and probably the world. So. Yep. For sure. Does anybody else have anything to throw in on international news or are we moving on to power of a strike? Or of a strike. Solidarity. Um, workers are demanding New York State force employers to provide on-the-job prote on protections uh, as reopening progresses. Um, this is from laborpress.org. Um, so uh, across sections, sorry, of essential workers throughout the city gathered in Jackson Heights, Queens, 
One of the hardest hit communities during the pandemic to demand New York State pass new legislation compelling employers to provide them with necessary protective gear as New York City enters phase three of its reopening plan. <clears throat> um, Labor and Community Group Align, Alliance for Greater New York, um, recently held a press conference with Teamsters Joint Council 16 at Diversity Plaza on Tuesday giving workers in transportation, healthcare, construction, retail, and many other industries an opportunity to tell their stories of what it's been like working through the crisis. Um, I don't think they're asking anything unreasonable. They're literally asking for protective gear that should be supplied by the state if the state wants them to go back to work. Agreed. So as always, solidarity with those people. Um, anything to say on that? That's nope. the only story I got for power of a strike this stream. No, other than, you know, technically, you know, what's happening in Delhi is, um, you know, kind of falls in this category as well. And we covered that as best we could because there is and always has been a news vacuum out of India. Hindustan's Times is not a viable source. Apparently, they can't monetize these stories well, so we don't see them in our, our in our normal uh, media streams. You literally almost have to talk to somebody who's there if you want to know what's really happening. Yeah, and uh, uh, there have been people that have been trying to uh, reach out on social media and the like. Right. Right. Um, if anybody knows how to get a hold of them, let us know. We would gladly host them um, or give them a platform is really how I should word that. I want them to tell their story. I just want to say for the power of a strike that uh, to remind people that March 15th, there is a general strike. So that's all I want to say is, you know, participate. participate. Yep. All right, so on to climate change then. Da, 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 da. We've already kind of been talking about this, but now we're officially in the segment. Welcome back, Tricia. Thank you. And for the stream, if you haven't seen it, Rob did publish a thought-provoking and well-written piece on the For We Are Many website, which I will post a link in the comments too. Please proceed. It is, uh, it is on the Green New Deal. Um, there's going to be another article coming soon on climate change that's going to address direct issues. Um, but we, we all know that to combat it, we need a Green New Deal. Not just here, we need a global Green New Deal. Um, but I kind of went over right. some of the, the key points in the policy and talked about a little bit about why it was important. Um, I think it's our only hope of continued survival on this rock. Um, anyway, so I, I want to preface this first story saying don't fall for this bullshit. The oil industry is getting greener faster as U.S. policy shifts to climate change. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Don't, Go ahead. don't fall for this bullshit. 
The U.S. Ener energy industry is moving more aggressively to reduce its carbon footprint, spurred in part by a new U.S. focus on climate. Um, that reminds me of the clean coal bullshit. Like, there's no such thing as clean coal, just like there's no such fucking thing as green oil. I've it's our beautiful coal, people. It's our wonderful coal. We're going to send you back down into toxic holes in the ground so you can die of, of exotic lung diseases. Well, I mean, basically, it's about the oil and gas industries trying to, you know, burst itself into the... Uh, the energy, well, I mean, it already is a significant portion of the energy industry, but it's trying to corner the market on green energy as well. We don't need more fucking monopolies. We don't need more. Exactly. They're trying to rebrand. And they're, they're talking about this new benchmark, net zero by 2050. Net zero is not the same as zero. And 2050 is way too late. For fuck's sake. As I've said before, every single thing in your reality, everything you see and touch and feel and hear, every bite of food you put in your mouth, every step you take is is there because of oil. It's either made of oil or it was brought to you by oil. This is a bigger problem than we can even comprehend. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to dive terribly deep into this, but the point is, is the oil industry is trying to corner the market on green energy, just like they have every other type of energy. We cannot allow it. Don't, don't. Have they figured out how to make batteries out of oil yet? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, lead acid batteries are <laughs> fucking plastic containers, aren't they? Uh, shoot. They uh, will. They'll figure it out. No, we need to switch to hemp batteries. We've talked about that a little bit in the past, mm -hmm. um, I think. And hell, even when it comes to all the plastics that make up all of the shit around us from the majority of our phones and tablets and fucking packaging for everything, hemp plastic. Mm. We can make biodegradable <laughs> hemp plastic. We have the technology. Yep but not the people in power that want to do it. <laughs> right. Um, so the next piece is from the Rider News. Climate change. The irre irreversible effects are getting closer by the day. Um, I'm not actually sure where Rider College is. I should have researched that better. I'm sorry. But uh, they're talking about how the campus has received another... A uh, snowstorm last week, which brought snow totals in parts of Mercer County to 25 inches for the season already. Um, a sharp departure from last year when snow accumulation reached barely an inch. Um, after the extremely cold temperatures and power grid failures in Texas, it is clear that the United States does not have the necessary infrastructure weatherization in place in the South. Uh, to handle the severe cold weather conditions brought on by climate change. Seeing extreme weather events getting worse and more frequent makes me nervous to imagine what the future will hold, said sophomore uh, musical theater major Brianna Nicola. Her worry is shared by many as weather patterns in the United States begin to reflect the severity of the climate situation we are currently facing. In a report published this, uh, this January by NOAA and NASA, 
It was reported that 2010 to 2020 was the hottest decade since weather uh, weather record keeping began 140 years ago. This pattern is certainly indicative of the presence of global warming, but it is important to recognize that warming is only part of a larger problem, climate change. So, I mean, essentially we're just driving the point home again that the warming of the Arctic destabilizes the jet stream, which takes extremely cold air down to Texas. Um, global warming is only one aspect of climate change. The globe as a whole is warming, yes, but um, um, ocean currents are slowing down, and that's concerning. Uh, concerning is actually probably the most mildly I could put that. Um, has anybody seen the movie The Day After Tomorrow? Probably. Well, I mean, basically in the movie, the Earth's, the ocean's current stopped and the world froze over. Um, like, I mean, it was so cold that like military helicopters were falling out of the sky because the fuel was freezing in the lines. You remember the, uh, the off-brand version of it, uh, Absolute Zero? It was literally I, I never the same actually movie. Watched it, but it was yeah, <laughs> it was pretty much pitched as the same movie. You know, and and guys, for just a side note here, we pledged to have a at some point what we call a, a a movie screening, whereby we press play on our end, we watch a movie, and you press play on your end, it, and and we watch together and we talk our way through the movie. I think that'd be hilarious. You should post on social media about that. Actually, like do a poll and have a movie pick, pick a movie yeah pick a yeah, movie something yeah. on netflix or you know something yep. that's easily accessible to all of us preferably something we can easily pirate from youtube right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean that's that's a fair point but i mean i think most people have netflix at this point if not we can account share right yep <laughs> oh god so anyway yeah um the Atlantic Meridional Overturning Circulation transports water across the oceans, including the Atlantic Pacific and Indian Oceans. The region contributing to the slowdown is the North Atlantic. And the idea behind um, the day after tomorrow, it was about climate change. Climate change had caused the, ocean cur the ocean's currents to slow down and eventually stop. And it caused a series of catastrophic events that included earthquakes, massive volcano eruptions, and the planet essentially freezing over. And um, this, this, the idea of the film is actually somewhat correct. We're not saying that it's that extreme by any means. I'm not trying to cause a panic or anything, <laughs> but uh, if, if the ocean's currents were to actually stop, that's a fairly accurate representation of what would happen and the currents are slowing down. Um, does anybody have anything to throw on that? Um, just that, uh, just that, you know, it's funny that you brought up that movie because it, now that I had a second to look it up, I do recall having seen it, and I also recall that it was based on a book by Art Bell and Whitney Strieber 
who ran Art Bell's radio show. If you recall, Art Bell had a very long time running AM nighttime uh, show that dealt with a lot of conspiracy theories, mystical activities. It, it was at one point the, the, the most, uh, high, most syndicated uh, radio show in the world, including uh, shortwave and the internet. Um, but the book is based on, on, or the movie is based on their book. Uh, the, I think it's the coming, they call the, oh, the coming global superstorm. And I did recall having read that years and years ago. Um, you know, it's a, some of it's a bit of a stretch. Some of it's a bit fantastic, but there's a lot of art bell on YouTube. If you're, if you're uh, not, if your ears aren't tired from listening to us, you, I, I, I you know, recommend give some of those old shows a listen. They're very fun. Anyway, the point is, is um, that human influence is, is a bigger um, factor than natural changes. Uh, think about how much ice is melting and it's directly dumping, right? You know, ice cold water into the oceans. Um, we're also looking at the acidification of oceans. I don't have anything pulled up for that, but I think it's something that needs to be talked about more. Wrapping anyway. up climate change, uh, Trish. Okay. Sorry about that. Having technical difficulties over here again. It My happens, apologies for man. the interruption. You're welcome back in Good any moment. shape or form you take. <laughs> Thank you. You're still frozen on my screen, but hopefully this will catch up quickly. No, actually, uh, I'm I'm holding perfectly still in order to try to disrupt your. <laughs> it's effective, mm. it really is. It's amazing how you can speak with your mouth completely closed the entire time. <laughs> so take a moment to. You we should be. You should see what I can do with this my ears and my brain closed. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's probably still genius. Oh, oh goodness! <laughs> so today, yeah, this is why we have a Patreon. We need yes, don't equipment. patronize me. I mean, wait, please patronize me. Please do, please do, <laughs> especially Elon Musk. Elon, Elon if you have Musk. Your personal Elon Musk tier for being a, a donor to the cause. You could use the help. Elon, if you uh, if you go ahead and, and commit to that tier, I will commit to helping your research foundation invent the uh, the, the invent the uh, womanless mop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love you, man. <laughs> wow. So there was a... Th this actually happened in Michigan. Um, a Michigan man hung a KKK flag facing his black neighbor's home. And prosecutors are saying that it's not a crime. Was that a Gross Point? Uh, Gross Point Farms? Gross Point Woods? All it says is suburban Detroit. Yeah, that's kind of a bougie area there. Probably. It is a very bougie area. 
So, um, I don't know how to say the, these people's names, honestly, Dinges. And it was her ex-husband who doesn't give his name. Uh, Daryl. Daryl is her ex-husband. Okay. Um, her white ex-husband explained that it was a KKK flag. And uh, she just like, holy fuck, that's a clan flag. Um, 57 year old black woman. If that's, if that, I guess that's, that definitely is relevant when it's a clan flag. Um, there is right. absolutely no question what happens to Miss Dinges was despicable, traumatizing, and completely unacceptably, uh, unacceptable, sorry. But very unfortunately, in my view, not a crime. And it, it was a black cop or a black prosecutor. I mean, they had to point that out. Who said that? Yeah. The, a, a black prosecutor said that. Yeah. You would think that he would be going, wait a minute. No, this actually is legit a fucking hate crime. Yeah. What, uh, it's, it's the boundary because it's inside of his house and not like on the lawn next to a burning fucking cross. That's called intimidation right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's just fuck. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm all for the right to for everybody to say whatever's on their mind. But if what you are saying is directly a threat to someone else's existence, fuck you, you fascist. Right. It it crosses that boundary from free speech into hate speech, which should not ever be protected speech. I mean, hate I'm just saying he ain't protected from an ass beating, though. This is true. This is very true. What was his name and address again? <laughs> I do not have that information. I don't want to be <laughs> inciting nothing, you know. <laughs> um, no, nope. but it's but... it's disgusting. It's disgusting. But it I is. just wanted to reiterate that hate speech is not free speech. Nope, not when it constitutes a fucking threat to somebody else's existence. Period. That is a form of violence right there. And should be met with whatever measure of violence is needed to squelch it, which in this case might be punching a fucking Nazi. Well, uh, we're, the James point said, uh, is that... I'm sorry to cut you off, Dean. James said, why do people in 2021 have to fly racist flags? Dude, I've been trying to figure that out for years. It's it's really it's a uh, go ahead, Dean. No, you finish your thought. I mean, it wasn't even a it wasn't even a full thought. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Well, um, two things. One, the police or the uh, prosecutor. Did, reviewed the situation to determine no action was required. So that's the bigger problem, right. in my opinion. What good is that's, it doing to have representation for minority groups within uh, the legal system like that for a prosecutor to, you know, not even try to to push this case where there's something you know they can legally hold him responsible for under the those lines of hate speech and it's criminal but well i shared the photo briefly and i tried to do it for a very brief amount of time because i don't want 
the hate speech algorithm to decide that we're displaying Nazi content and, and remove our stream, um, whatever. And they will, by the way, because you have to break omelets to make eggs, apparently. The, the uh, reason they do it, Rob, and, and you know, you're, you're, as I always say, your results may vary, but I believe in my heart, the reason they do these things it isn't because they believe in what they're saying and what they're representing. It isn't that they've been enculturated to do that and they don't know any better and they're ignorant. Quite the contrary. They know exactly what they're doing and they know exactly how it affects people and that's why they're doing it. They don't give a shit about black, white, or whatever. They only care about the response that they, their behavior and their actions and their words and their deeds create in other people. They're 15 minutes of fame. Either that or just your neighbor who, who's, who lets the N-word slip in conversation across the fence and you just roll your eyes and walk off. He knows he's wrong, but he does it anyway. I mean, I also believe it's, it's ignorance and it's them being... Who doesn't know better? Uh, who, who, who among us? I mean, this is two, 20. This is what, what the fuck year is this? 2021. Who doesn't know well, better? I'm not saying that they don't know better, but it's like it, it, amongst their, their circle, it's accepted. Do you know what I mean? Right, like, and that's what, we need to, that's what we're really fighting against. Yeah. Is, is well, that's something that... we won't win because by the same token, that means you have to go amongst the people of color and do the same thing. I ain't going there. Are you? I mean, what's that one guy's name? Was it Daryl Davis? If I if I'm correct on that, he was from the, a from the a story. Musician. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, Daryl Davis. He's, I, I he's a um, he he converts clan members away from the clan. Oh, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a he's a black musician that you know gets one at a time, and he. I think the the one that was most notable was it was a clan's leader that he befriended, and uh, th that's something that I think all of us need to do is not necessarily now. I, I know some people deny that completely, and that's fine. But the ones that don't, uh, we need to convert these people and make them understand that the way they were brought up. The things that they have learned are false, are, are not real. Uh, the hate that they feel is a, is a facade. It, it's, a, it's imaginary, really. It, it, the things that they've heard and they, that they've been taught are, are, aren't, aren't real. About In people. my opinion, there is a, there's a small element of people who are misogynist or racist or otherists that have person they have personalized their their approach and their feeling right so for example maybe their girlfriend cheated on them in high school and they turned out to be women hating dickheads or maybe uh, maybe some some kid person of color whipped their ass or something something they've personalized they've they've internalized this into a valid and justified position, right? So those are the harder things. That person that you mentioned, right? Note, right? And I say this, uh, I've said this before about not just this topic, but other topics too. He is setting about the course of changing the narrative 
by the sheer force of his personality, right? Which is the definition of a rebel. You go and you be yourself and you be good and you be as excellent as he possibly can and the world will follow you. So obviously each of us has a pretty big job to, to represent that ourselves, right? And, yeah. and, and that's kind of getting at the core of what you're saying, I think. Yeah, it, it's it's all. I don't know whose quote it is, but it's be the change that you want to see. Correct. So uh, Grace Lee Boggs what, said, "We are the ones we've been waiting for." Yes. I like that one. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing I'm tired of hearing is like, okay, I, I'm from I'm I'm older than everyone on this call. I'm from another generation. Even we have my generation is looking at your generation, the generation below you or adjacent to you, not below adjacent. And saying, well, they'll fix it. We, we, we had the opportunity to move the needle. Whether or not we were successful remains to be seen. But a lot of us are saying, oh, man, these millennials are not going to put up with this. And the millennials are not going to take they don't. They don't even think like that. We got to stop doing that, too. I mean, it, I think that this is a shout out, just a call out to my generation. Take action amongst your own kind now. You can you can affect change within your sphere of influence. Yeah, I've done same it. with same with my generation. I mean, millennials, you know, do it, stop it, see it, call it out. Yep. You know. Yep. But I am I am a little bit tired of hearing the hearing the the Gen Xers go. Yeah, the millennials aren't going to put up with this. They'll fix it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you can't do everything. Right. So we made you do the dishes, the and now we segment. want you to fix all the pol political problems. Right. Um, so before we move into the next segment, we have a couple of comments. Natalie said, I don't think you will need to worry about Elon helping out. Damn it. <laughs> oh, I was eat for flushing Elon must. Uh, Leanne said, everyone believes their opinions are valid. Seems like the less educated someone is about the matter, the less they care about their opinions affecting others. Holy fuck is and that And the more true? confident they are in their wrongness. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Say it one more time, Rob. Please. Seems like the less educated someone is about a matter, uh, the less they care about how their opinions affect others. Well yeah, said. Right. And that's one thing when with the lack of education comes the lack of understanding that your opinion is only as valid as the evidence which supports it. And I know that hurts a lot of people's egos to hear. But that is the fact of the matter. If your opinion is based in a falsehood, your opinion is trash, trash where it belongs and reassess the situation with some logic. That because that goes along. Go ahead, I'm sorry. It, it as a going to wrap that up as like you know reiterating that if, it, if it's not supported by evidence it is not a valid opinion austin yeah that goes along with uh actually teaching black history in schools and teaching it as, as in a real way like we teach history but we don't teach it we don't we don't show the truth we don't show the harsh truth that actually i believe should be shown and a lot of people are ignorant on that subject and it's just sad of what what people think and I don't know how to word it correctly uh, how people think that black people were treated or 
how they weren't treated when we all know in this podcast that it was horrific of what happened to black people during slave times you know even even after slavery had ended what they did to them i mean those are things that need to be taught in schools and if it can't be taught in schools then the parents need to take it upon themselves to teach children those things you know absolutely Um, because what's taught in schools is so whitewashed and eurocentric and people have pushed the reality of things to the side when the fact of the matter is black history is american history and it needs to actually be honestly included in what's taught in history classes because without any perspective on other cultures how do you expect anybody to you know break out of that whitewashed eurocentric frame of mind what they've been taught unless they're directly exposed to people of other cultures and let's be honest in a lot of like rural areas especially they're not and we have you know a fucked education program when it comes to that these are things that are inherent to actually creating the society that we need to be that we could be and it starts with some fucking honesty yeah that you're totally right that goes along with every kind of uh people that are across the world uh we as the as the united states here need to open up and teach more so the cultures that are across the world instead of just teaching about our history too yes indeed um i guess we can wrap up there and go into the lgbtq news i actually had something to say real quick i was just doing research to um remind myself who exactly is to blame for part of the reason that this this bullshit is still happening today um president mythology isn't it oh oh yeah they're all (laughs) yeah thanks um no president woodrow wilson everybody that motherfucker was the devil the reason that we still believe the lost cause mythology that the the soldiers in the south didn't know what they were fighting for which they did read their own personal writings home it's very clear they articulated very well they knew what they were fighting for they knew that the north's cause was an abolitionist cause and anything against an abolitionist cause is a cause for slavery Mm. um so thank thank woodrow wilson who is rotting in his grave somewhere you know, there's a lot of correlations between him and Trump, but we can do that another time. I would love to go down that rabbit hole with you. Indeed, that, that could right be, there that could be, be a parking lot issue. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, Trisha, do you just want these uh, videos, or? Uh, well, give me a moment. I made some notes here. Um, if you'll share the video that is on there. Um, there's yeah, two questions I, I that... put them on their own slides like I do with the videos. So who's who okay. who are the cops coming for? Is that you or Rob or Trisha? <laughs> I don't well, know, man. I, I held my tongue with the Myanmar department. I held my tongue with the Myanmar thing. So 
Yeah, well, you're just talking too much sedition, Rob. I'm afraid Jesus I had to Christ, tune in. <laughs> dangerous <laughs> leftist. <laughs> dangerous leftist <laughs> propaganda. Yeah, I had to turn you in. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, um, in the LGBTQ news, uh, we have conservative reporter Owen Jensen of the EWTN, which I call EWTN. Um, Global Catholic Network made the mistake of asking White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. I hope I'm not destroying that name. Yes, right that's a right. Um, Psaki. <laughs> okay. Uh, he asked her a slew of bigoted questions based in false premises, false sense of religious entitlement to discriminate, and right-wing religious extremist fear-mongering propaganda, and quickly found himself shut down. His questions were in reference to the Equality Act just passed by the House, still waiting to see what happens with that in the Senate. Um, his questions were referring to a section that prevents employers from firing or refusing to hire someone due to pregnancy and requires the doctors provide services equally. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it does not, however, require doctors to provide services that are not part of their normal practice or in purview to their training. So there goes the false premise for his question. But the Equality Act would add sexual orientation and gender equality to the already existing civil rights legislation. It's in the definition of covered public accommodations under the law and clarify that the Religious Freedom Restoration Act does not supersede civil rights laws. Jensen's claim of conscious concerns is just spin on, but we really want and feel entitled to discriminate. And on that note, he can go fuck himself. Mm -hmm. Please play. Please hit play, Rob. Oh, shit. I fucked up. It's golden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take two. There we go. Catholic Network. A couple of questions, if I may. Mm-hmm. Pro-life groups right now very concerned about the uh, the phrase pregnancy discrimination in the Equality Act. You're familiar with that, I'm sure. That it would force doctors to perform abortions even if it violates their conscience. There are also concerns the bill would force doctors to perform gender transition surgeries and sterilizations again, even if it violates their conscience. What does the president, President Biden, say about those concerns? Uh, the president's been a long supporter of Roe v. Wade. Uh, it has been uh, his consistent belief that should be law, and he will fight to continue to protect that as being law. Conscience concerns is not a concern of his? No, I think, again, I'm just going to state what the president's policies are. Did you have another question? Well, President Biden, the Conscience and Religious Freedom Division at HHS, the office that was put in place under President Trump, will keep it in place to receive conscience complaints from those doctors. You'll have to talk to a future Secretary Becerra once he is confirmed. Quickly, uh, another subject on education. Uh, every day that goes by, some, um, some kids are in school year-round. Hi, Owen Jensen, EWTN Global. It's just those, those first two questions. Um, but yeah, I love how she ended that because uh, the person she is referring to, uh, telling him to ask them when he takes over, I can't remember his name now. Um, but uh, the, the right wing has had a lot of complaints about not even wanting him nominated to that seat. Uh, so I, I love that she took the moment to uh, rub that in his face for a moment. Because 
that that committee that he's asking about if it's going to stay in place for the you know uh conscience concerns um it's based in bullshit itself it never should have even been a committee there who is that dildo that was asking the questions of her uh give me a second to scroll up it's owen jensen from utn <laughs> global catholic network Ew. so he's always trying to wear his bigot pants in public and it's just horrendous I have a message on writing on this topic. It's brief, I yeah. promise. Go for it. It's controversial. If you are male and you are hearing my voice right now and you are out in the world vocalizing your opinion on women's reproductive rights, abortion, or any surgery that relates to gender, you are dead fucking wrong. You have no voice in any of these matters. Say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> right? You'll oh, never God. make That's... this decision. You'll never influence this decision and you'll never live with the outcome and the consequences of these decisions. So, sorry. Sorry about your feelings. Yep. Your, your point isn't valid if you are a male. Sorry. <laughs> right. Not your body, not your choice, not affecting your life in any fucking way, shape, or form. So those guys need to sit down and shut their mouths and open their ears and actually listen maybe to the to the people who are actually dealing with this, um, any of those circumstances in their life. Um, the, it's a, it speaks to a lack of empathy when people voice those types of opinions with no concern for how they're trying to legislate whether somebody else can live their life how they choose to see fit and it doesn't even affect them like I don't know why people want to legislate things that don't even affect them you know I I read something today it was an article I forget where it was for but as soon as they detect a heartbeat, he said eight weeks that they won't allow a woman to get an abortion. Now, I, I didn't say anything on it, uh, but I've seen a lot, of, a lot of women saying, well, you, a lot of women don't even know that they're pregnant at eight weeks. Right. So, like. Right. That might be when you're first finding out or it could be even later, you know. Um, yeah, and not I, to I mention didn't that real fetal heartbeat. I'm sorry. May I may I interrupt you one moment with a little science? Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, I know because, what you're about to say. Um, it's not even a fetal heartbeat. What we're talking about is a tube, which eventually, after being gestated for quite some time, is going to turn into a heart. And all you're hearing at eight weeks is pre-cardiac cells fluttering in this tube. It is not a heart. It is not beating. It is not pumping blood because those things don't fucking exist yet. They have not formed. No, yeah, that's what they were saying. Some women were saying the same thing. Yeah, like the, the science is there. So I don't know why they would even be trying to call it a fetal heartbeat when it's not. 
it's it's a way to put spin on it to grab somebody's emotions like see this is a living being no it's not yet not till the host body cooks it into one damn it and it takes a long time and we know um, <laughs> well, these are those virtues guys that we talked about last week you know these are those buttons there's a button here there's one here there's one here and they're in your brain and they mash them they mash those buttons and you and you jerk and you hop and you wobble and you wiggle they're not yeah, fucking we, issues they're not issues this is not know, an issue we know being pro life yeah pro life is or pro life what when people say they're pro life they're actually pro birth because if they who's pro death you know who's right. pro death you know <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure some of the some of our politicians are the way they treat us, but I mean that's besides the point. Oh, pro death uh, people aren't at the bottom of toxic holes shoveling coal. So I'm just you know they're not. <laughs> but my point is when when they say that they're pro life, it, it's really pro birth. And after the child is born, they no longer care for it. So I mean it's. They don't want to provide social safety nets to help uh, parents be able to, you know, support said children, but they want to demand that they be born, you know, and uh, fuck that you summed it up. That is pro-birth. I mean, a lot of these pro-life people don't even want schools to teach proper safety for sex, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's so that that's a thing right there. They want to beat that abstinence-only horse to death, and it's like, how fucking, how much good has that done? Oh wait, none. It has actually caused more pregnancies. I'm convinced that's why they say. By the more way, abortions. I'm convinced that's why they say it is is so we can fill the ranks with 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 people to shove in toxic holes to shovel coal. Yeah, or, sorry, Don, but or the military, you know. So. Or the military, correct? Yep. I always gotta Anybody. apologize to Don. You don't gotta apologize to me, man. Like I, <laughs> I get it. I see it. I just Dean too. For me, for me personally, it was. Yeah, I know. I, I know. just yeah. Yeah, I know. Right, but I, I mean, well, a lot of this is kind of tying in with um, the the Emma Watson thing that we watched during women's rights. She was yeah. saying a lot of these same points. Yeah. But it, it all boils down to if you have a penis, you don't get to legislate vaginas. Period. No, you get yeah, to right. you, you legislate penises. <laughs> <laughs> if you want right. to talk about like if, if you va- vasectomies. <laughs> right. Let's let's legislate that every male that's born gets a vasectomy right off the bat and it can be undone when the person they want to breed with approves of said vasectomy being undone like yes i consent to being pregnant by this person holy shit it could be a usb key and you could put the usb key in and that <laughs> <act> of... <laughs> oh man if tech keeps developing it is. but uh, yeah i don't know because then Elon you can steal the usb key and i'm gonna undo my shit and you know that it's a serious fucking problem in this world when there's guys who will pull shit like lying about having the condom on in the first place or put it on and then pull it off when you're not fucking looking because they care more about their fucking pleasure than about whether the person they're having sex with is consented to pregnancy 
They just want to bust their fucking load inside of a pussy and go, oh, that felt real good and not give a flying fuck about what position that puts the body of that other person. And it's sad. It's toxic. Yeah, that's some real... That's I don't even know. I've got nothing. I don't know. That's that's uh, amazing, Trish. Thank you. You're welcome. I think that goes with uh, uh, equality too. I mean, uh, we we women should be equal to men, so the decision should be both parties. I mean, I, I I feel like. I'm no better than my wife. My wife feels like she's no better than me. So, I mean, our decisions are one, not separate. Mm. So, right. Yeah. And we need to teach. Yeah. We, we need to teach our children that from a young age, uh, that there is no difference. We're equal. We're both human. Right. We're both human. Right. The shape of your genitals does not determine your value as a fucking human being. No, it, or it certainly right. does not. That's a fact. You know, these are just gender norms that we've chosen, either collectively or otherwise, to reinforce that they're meaningless at the end of the day. Right. Gender is a social construct in and of its own. And when it comes to the patriarchal bullshit of um, society influencing men to hold women down, I mean, this goes back to ancient days. Um, and a lot of it instilled in mass by the Roman Empire because it's really easy to control the population. If you have half of it, subjugating the other half of it right off the bat, then you've only got to control the narrative to the men and, you know, keep telling them that, oh, you're the head of your household, you're in charge of everything, your wife and children are your fucking property. And, you know, once. Once they have that instilled in somebody's fucking head and their ego, it's really easy to be able to manipulate them by telling them, see, you're the motherfucker in power, but we're going to tell you what to do with it. Interesting. And I, I don't know I mean, very that, many people, myself included, that could handle the responsibility of something like that. And yeah. you're talking to a dude that's had more kids that are on this, this Zoom call right now. And and raised them all up and paid for every one of them. And, and I mean, I'm the last guy to be talking about reproductive rights because I ain't never, I don't even know what a condom is. So I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> what what I also find. I don't know how to work that shit. <laughs> Come on, I'm trying to make Rob smile. She would have shut that shit down. I already know. So. It's it's a good thing that Rob still you know, Antonio is fully on board. What I sorry, what I, also, Austin, what I also <laughs> find kind of funny is that uh, these are lawmakers and people telling us what we can and not cannot do. And usually we know that lawmakers are rich people. So rich people right. are, and the majority of the citizens in the United States are poor. So they're the rich are trying to tell the poor how to live their lives and how they should and shouldn't act. And a lot of these, a lot of these cases, people can't afford to bring a child into this world. And that, that's the thing these rich people might be able to afford that, you know, 
but I mean, you're, you're making ends meet. Yeah, exactly. The, and I, I've heard They want to fight a, against social safety nets. They want to fight against food stamps. They want to fight against socialized housing, but then demand that you breathe. And I've heard a statistic where I think it said that children actually cost about $20,000 a year to, right. to have, you know? So, I mean, who, who really can afford that? I mean, without the safety nets that I have right now, I, I, I probably would starve because I would feed my child all the food, you know, that we could afford. So Before feeding yourself. Yeah, before right. feeding myself. I mean, the most important person in this household and me and my wife both agree on this, of course, is our child. So, Right. And well, the fact of the matter is, is uh, the bourgeoisie class is absolutely counting on you to have that survival factor kick the fuck in. If I have to do everything possible, make sure that my child not only survives, but thrives, no matter how much it costs me. And if that means both parents working and having to deal with finding sitters and shit like that. They don't care what extremes they push you to because that's making them money. The more that you have to work your ass off to make sure that your child is fed, the more money you're producing for them. Not necessarily very much for you, maybe enough to get by, but you're producing a fuckload of wealth for them with all of your labor. To put that into a, a number, me and my wife figured out the other day that they pay Walmart employees $11 an hour. And she can put out so many cases of something in an hour, which equals up to hundreds of dollars. So really, you know, it's basically a, a one to 400, you know, dollar margin that they're making off of her. Mm. Right. Wow. The value of your labor is exponential in comparison to how much of it you take home. And this is why... We need to socialize business across the board where the workers own the means of production. Damn right. Yeah, that's a very good point, by the way. I realize that a lot of places where you will be or seek employment will find a bottom uh, labor value. And you, it may seem as if you don't have room to negotiate a starting salary, but even if you can... Even if you can, even if you can stick them up for a quarter, especially at your start, do it because they're not losing money because you're standing there. They're not, they're not spending money on you being there. They're making money from you. Right. They want you to believe it's them spending money on you being there. Correct. You better make that time valuable to them and work your ass off and not take a moment to even breathe because you're costing them money. But that's not the reality of the situation. Bernie Sanders posted something the other day. And I, I, we might not all be on agreement, but I think he posts some intelligent things sometimes. And he, what I remember is the hourly and uh, or the minutely. I'm sorry. Every minute uh, employee there makes 18 cents a minute. The Waltons make $86,000 a minute. A minute. Yeah. So, yeah, a minute. 80, $86,000 a minute. That's insane. That's fucking insane. And even that's less than Jeff Bezos. And, you know, he's not paying his employees much better, if at all. He makes $10,000 every couple of seconds. So...
fuck. It's insane. Can, can we insane. can we say eat the rich, maybe? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm down for that book you. I got robbed to smile and choke. <laughs> so, uh, Trisha, you want to get started on the next piece? Yes, actually. Can you load that video up? Um, have that ready, please. Uh, this is Jasmine Beach Ferreira. She's a lesbian mom of three and a Buncombe County Commissioner uh, Democrat from North Carolina. She is challenging Representative Madison Cawthorn, the Republican from North Carolina, for his congressional seat. Yes, major shitbag. This comes in the wake of his role in the January 6th attempted coup and insurrection after many complaints about his support for white supremacists, his sexually predatory behavior, and perpetual pension for pathological lying. I typically don't throw my support behind Democrat politicians as they usually are centrist, but Beach Ferreira is an activist and organizer who has steadily pushed the needle to the left, as Dean would say. Which is a much, which is much needed in the South. So North Carolina, you have a new option on the table: a candidate who is actually left of center. Some people will say a gay woman who's a Christian minister just can't get elected in the South. Not to mention she's a Democrat. But I say an insurrectionist who flirts with Nazis and fires up a violent crowd to attack our democracy. Wow, this crowd has some fight in it. Well, he shouldn't get reelected anywhere. My name's Jasmine Beach Ferrara. And the truth is I've already been elected in North Carolina, twice. On the Buncombe yeah, County Commission, has. Republicans and Democrats have found common ground. So we can save lives by confronting the opiate and mental health crises in our community. Give our kids an even playing field by expanding early childhood education and make the hard decisions to keep people safe during the pandemic. Like a lot of folks in Western North Carolina, I know what it's like to be underestimated and then to beat the odds. I felt a calling, so I got ordained. We took the campaign for marriage equality to small towns all across the South because I believe love wins everywhere and every time. Through it all, my faith has lifted me up, especially in the darkest hours. Right now, it can feel like the world is pulling us apart, a deadly virus keeping us separate, and political divisions that feel impossible to bridge. And yeah, we need a really big bridge. But I've seen what's possible when we make room at the table for everyone. That's why I choose to keep an open heart and keep pushing for progress, rather than backing down. So with all due respect to the skeptics, this barbecue-loving, football-watching, proud Southern mom of three is running for Congress. And you better believe I'm running to win. I really like her. Ditto. You know what? Huh. Where's that dude, man? Hold on. I got it. Just one second. Rob's rolling his eyes at me. Some people will say a gay woman who's a Christian minister this dude. just can't get elected in the South. Not to mention she's a Democrat. But that dude, I mean, literally, not to be an asshole, but I mean, can she just show a picture and be like, this dude's dick don't work? I, I would love that. <laughs> I would if I was her, but you know. You know, right? You might try to have a little more coot than that. But, right. I'm not even trying to be PC on this one, man. Fuck I was, I was trying to. 
I'm glad you said it, Dean, because I'm trying to keep the words good. I mean, we just come off a really intense conversation about reproductive rights, and I got to pull that shit, but I'm just sorry, man. That dude, he went to Hitler's headquarters and took selfies. Fuck him. Right, he's a cunt. Wow. He's an absolute and has no business being in Congress. Man, man, oh man. I'm just floored by that. I just, I don't even know what to say. You said it pretty good when you said that. <laughs> it just popped into my head. It's like I was watching him and he was, uh, he was just, I was trying to freeze it where he was sitting on his little wheelchair and I wanted to be like, look, that dude's stick don't work. Fuck him. But yeah, I like her a lot. She, she's awesome. And, and I've been following her fuck, well, for about four years. right? And I have seen her as an archetype of political figure that is emerging across the country, especially at local levels. So state rep level, uh, maybe even municipal level. Um, these are women. These are LGBTQ people. They are people of color. They even trans people that are that are that are assuming the offices of our, our in our country. So yeah, I'm Wasn't happy it, for it. Didn't an anarchist just get elected into California into a yes, council or something? That's correct. Yep. So I mean, that's how we win, though, is taking it by the bottom up. I mean, we get them elected to these bottom seats you know, smaller seats of power and then we get them to move up to, you know, you know, mayors, governors, senators, congressmen, you know, and hopefully eventually president. So. Right. Because as it stands, we are so underrepresented. So I'm glad to see, you know, so many people who are um, LGBTQ color leftists finally gaining some traction when it comes to doing just that of starting in local politics and working their way up and you know making their way into these higher seats because we are under fucking represented like no other there's you know there's such a significant portion of the population that falls into any of or multiples of those categories who are not being represented because the majority of our government is old white men and it's a gerontocracy it's like the late it's like late stage communism in the soviet union there's a bunch of 95 year olds shitting themselves that are that are governing us this is not sustainable so of course of course this is happening right and it's like you know some people might call me ageist for pointing that out of you know old. no i don't think know, it's ageist we don't old. have a party no, on the left to begin with in, retire you know it if you're borderline dementia because you're that fucking what are you doing helping running a country it's but electing moderate democrats that are our age isn't going to fix the problem either we don't we don't have any representation on the left let alone by race or gender yeah, I'm looking at Beto Aurora. If you're listening, I'm going to make a special contribution level for you. <laughs> Do it. Dude, the thing is, like, um, the, 
the ones who are centrist aren't going to help us because they're going to be the first ones to keep doing what the Democrats have done for years, which is conceding every fucking thing to whatever the right fucking cries and bitches about. We don't need any more of these concessions. We need true fucking leftists who are going to go, no, fuck your shit. Don't care if you like it. This $15 an hour right now, for example, doesn't fucking go too far or doesn't go far enough. Um, It's too little, too fucking late. And the majority of the people it affects are people of color. The majority of people that it affects are LGBTQ. We're talking about a huge portion of the working class that is being beheld to Piss poor fucking wages. And we wonder why we see the shit, the shit that we see in our major cities where people are starving to death while working full fucking time, sometimes at multiple jobs. We need oh, yeah. to actually That's correct. fix this shit. So I have a provocative question for this panel. I have a provocative question for the, for the comments. Is, is the... Is the needle being moved because of Trump? Maybe as an adverse reaction to him from people who are on the left. You know, I have friends that believe Trump behaved the way that he did in order to help facilitate that needle move. I don't personally believe that, but they do. Yeah, I don't either. (laughs) Uh, He's exploited every fucking loophole he could to wipe his own ass with all of our tax dollars for too many decades. For me to think that he gives a single iota of a flying fuck about pushing anything to the left because well, that's that would the, take his ability to exploit that's the first question that's the first thing i, I have this the second thing i have before we launch into the next seg- segment is i just want to share something because i don't want to take up anything uh that Don Good News Hughes might be able to present. But on my Facebook feed today, something funny came up. Oh, that piece of shit. Throwback <laughs> Thursday to people from Flint. Throwback Thursday. <coughs> from people to <laughs> from people of Flint that, that know what this is, I thought that would make you all laugh because it sure as fuck that, made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, makes me laugh every time I see it because... What the fuck? What in the actual fuck? Yeah. And this was Reddit's response. That's what it was supposed to look like. That's what it actually looks like. A big pile of tinfoil shit. I remember sitting on the steps in front of it going, it's a big fucking waste of money. Yeah, right down here, right? Yep. I was was there too. Holy shit. So what are you looking at, guys? In case you don't know what the fuck it is I'm sharing in in future streamers, what you're looking at is... uh, was an art project that was executed in Flint on the flat lot uh, in downtown, right in the heart of downtown Flint, uh, between the university and the business centers, whereby they, I think they were trying to go for some sort of Mylar um, vision, similar to the Bean in Chicago. This is this was the artist's rendition of what it would look like, uh, fuzzy as it is. And, uh, you know, they raised a whole lot of money. I think at the end of the day, they raised close to $50,000, which I might add would probably build a decent or pretty much build some houses, some actual houses that people can live with. So they put this thing, they put this monstrosity downtown around homeless people. They built a fake house 
were homeless people that people couldn't actually live in. So that's cool. Uh, What a waste of art funds. For this to qualify as an art project is just unsettling to me as an artist. So that term has to be used very fucking loosely in an enormous fucking quotation marks when it applies to this. Because when I look at that piece of shit that costs as much as a real house would, I see all of the artists that could have been paid to do beautiful murals around the city <laughs> that would have actually or, or build actual fucking art. houses and call it art. Yes. And, or, 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 that, or, yeah. Yeah. Or rehab houses, because right around the time that that bitch showed up, you could buy a house for what three to five grand. How many families oh. would that have housed? You know. Right. So, okay, I will say this to their credit. Okay, I will say this. Anybody uh, who is an artist might understand what I'm about to say in relationship to that. I'm not defending them. I'm just saying if if you were to define art by, by a means in which you evoke a response, they certainly evoked a response. A guttural one, but, you know... Sure, it was a response. <laughs> a disappointment. <laughs> so I was just trying to uh, just provide some levity and walk right. down Throwback Thursday. I I can't see those photos without you know flashbacks of sitting on the steps next to it going. What the fuck is what this? The fuck? <laughs> 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 Oh god, that was off. in front of it, and we're glad for the wind block. That's all it really was. It's been eight years since they built the artificial house in the city that was affected by the housing crisis the most. As houses burned down by the dozens, burned down, burned down by the fire department who was laid off. Don't forget to throw that out there. Yes, there's that factor too. Oh, oh. Fuck. welcome to a little then bit we of had to a slice of yeah but i mean how quick was the city to be like all right we can't lay off the firefighters <laughs> it fucking worked man dude dude the cops were laid off the year i got home from afghanistan and it was the first time i had a ptsd reaction my sister we were driving down i'm not going to tell you why we were in flint but we were in flint my sister looks at me in the back seat and says hey just so you know, they laid all the cops off. Don't be worried. And I said, yeah. why would I be worried? And then a little kid threw a fucking firecracker behind the car and I just dove down. <laughs> so oh, for Austin and some of our listeners, that's just a sl- small sliver of Flint nostalgia that you thought you would, I thought you guys would get a giggle out of. Yeah, well, that's pretty crazy and a little disgusting as well. I mean... Just another just, moment of you gotta laugh or you lose your shit. Yeah, you right. laugh or cry. Yeah, you laugh or cry moment. Uh, the, the, mm-hmm. What you asked before about Trump? Yeah, uh, uh, he was a Democrat before he ran. Correct. Uh, now remember, in twenty twenty, Bloomberg ran too, and he was uh, a Republican before he became a Democrat. So I, I believe what that shows us. They're all neoliberals. 
yeah, I what I what I think that shows us is that there is no two parties that the, there is such a fine line, if any line between the two, that you can run on anything and be called something. You know what I mean? It's just like, and I agree right. with Trisha that it, since he was so uh, so crazy conservative and racist and blatant and those things that it really radicalized a lot of people so we are fighting back a lot more now not me i mean he didn't really radicalize me because i mean i already knew the truth that two-party system doesn't work for the people so i mean i would say that, that trump's presidency definitely pushed me to the left though like before Trump called Biden a socialist, I was never like, yeah, I'm a socialist. And then Trump called Biden a socialist. And I was like, no, Biden is not a fucking socialist. I am. Well, I'm glad that, you know, that that did that for you. But I mean, I was I was already there, I guess I want to say, you know what I mean? I was like, fuck these two parties and uh, yeah. we need something better. Yeah. yeah and. Like, it was actually Bernie that did that for me because he was like, I'm a democratic socialist. And I'm, I was like, wait, I'm not a Democrat, but I, I like this whole socialism thing. So. Right. That's one thing I absolutely loved about Bernie is he brought the term to the table for discussion for people to start waking up to what it really fucking means and not the Red Scare propaganda that they were told for decades. Guys, I've been feeling socialists for many years. I can I, I can recall a time where people would recoil physically when I said I'm a socialist. Or if I, and that would happen, right? Uh, say, for example, somebody was uh, doing a survey and they were canvassing. They hand you a clipboard. And, what party are you? Socialists. They literally would shit themselves. Now it's like... It was an evil word for a now lot it's of not, years. And that's wonderful. Like, it's not so much an evil word anymore. He's... Bernie definitely, uh, you know, popularized it and made it uh, more acceptable, I want to say. Right, he changed the narrative. Among certain circles, there's still yeah. certain circles that are, uh, yeah. But I know, mean, shout out to my Antifa super sluts that are Yeah, listening. well, I mean, I'm definitely Antifa and uh, like. We all should be. Tifa. Yeah, damn right we should right. be. Our fucking grandparents fought that shit and, you know, they fought against fascists. Why should anybody be a fascist? Like, well, it yeah, just doesn't make sense. The fascists are never like, I'm a fascist. That's another thing about socialists no, they, and communists, man. We'll always be like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm a communist. Or, yeah, man, yeah. I'm a socialist. But, like... They, you know, they, if you think about it, right, you think about that, talk about Nazi fighters, they, communists were the most successful. You know, and don't forget, there was a there was a very large component of Europe who successfully defeated the Nazis. That was the communists. In fact, the guys in the photo hanging Mussolini up in the gas station, that guy in that photo went into Italy and ran, ran for office in their parliament as a communist and won a seat. This is while the U.S. was actively trying, starting wars and doing all kinds of crazy crap to try to try to try to put us. They were terrified of communism. Now we know why. No, uh, fascists uh, say that they're anti-antifa, anti-anti-fascist. 
That's what they like to say. I'm anti anti fascist. Right. That means like, you're a fascist. Just, just, like, save the mouthful <laughs> and just call yourself a fascist. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Save some, <laughs> save a word. Save our fucking yeah. ears. Like, <laughs> well, I'd be more than willing to have a, have a, an inebriated history class about uh, communism in, in Europe and, po- and post World War II. Oh, yeah. I think that would teach a lot of people. Well, I mean, we're that's part of the goal of the, I mean, not necessarily inebriated history, but I mean, that's part of the goals of these uh, left history segments. I'll sit here and get shithoused and talk about uh, Gladio, I guess. I don't know. Let us know when you're ready. I'm down. I've got a bottle of wine for the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, we got some uh, weed over here now, so I, I'll smoke. I won't drink. So, <laughs> yeah, only only drugs for me, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't smoke weed, but for that, I'd smoke a little bit. Yeah, I'm about to repack this bowl. <laughs> oh, shit! There's still some green on the bottom. So in uh, big tech news today, well, not today, it was a couple days ago, but um, Facebook is lifting its ban on uh, social cause ads and political ads. So, oh, boy. Yeah. Here I we mean, go. That, that could benefit us, though, if we had capital. <laughs> yeah, if we had it. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. I'm, I understand. I agree. Um, I would also say that um, I would also say that go to Patreon, find four or many, and give us some <laughs> capital, and we'll buy some fucking Facebook ads, and we'll make we'll make sure that Zuckerberg has a brand new coaster for his uh, vegan margarita, whatever the fuck. Lizard people yeah, drink. Right. Lizard people. That's uh, patreon.com slash for we are many. Dean, you were in rare form tonight, my friend. Oh, man, you know what? I'm, I don't even say 25% of what's, what's on my mind most of the time. <laughs> Remove the rest of that filter. <laughs> we like the thoughts that still forth from that mind. <laughs> that's the thing nobody ever said we weren't going to be controversial it's right. kind of one of our skill set items something to put on a resume great at bringing the controversy and humor I, you know honestly yeah. I, I say things in a funny way and I, I'm trying to be funny a lot of the times but I'm really trying to brighten people's evenings his dick don't even work. <laughs> oh. Kind of. I don't even know how to work that shit. Fucking condom. Oh, I'm going to get uh, Don smiling. She's got a very serious look on there. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Sorry, I've been scrambling to find something for my section because I'm unprepared. I Don, just listen to you. You put a bunch of stuff in there about it 
or a bunch of links. Just drugs for me, thanks. <laughs> so the the next the next section is going to be wealth inequality. Oh, on uh, tech news, I do want to let people oh, know yeah, that we will be setting up. We will, I just want to let folks know real quick before we skip on. Uh, when it comes to big tech and tech news, we will be setting up a, um, a darknet site, and you can purchase pharmaceuticals for forty. We are many on. <laughs> you need a Tor browser. We're doing what? You need, you need, you need a, yeah. Tor browser and I and, oh, shit. and please send all of your your Sudafed that you're not using, even if it's expired, send it to Don Good News Hughes. Don't don't send me any fucking Sudafed, please. I already live in a trailer. Just don't. In one of the most oh, meth addled counties in Michigan. <laughs> The alphabet right, men yeah. are going to be scrubbing the dark web for hours. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to send Rob this. Oh, you have no power here, fed boys. Right. I was going to send Rob this. I was going to tell you about this, Rob, but I decided not to. But I might as well tell everybody. The other night, we had some lady. We were coming home from a walk, and we had some lady come up to us. My wife was getting my daughter out of the car. And she asked us if we knew where to get any crystal meth. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is a complete stranger. So, of course, I, you know, let the park manager know and stuff. And I took other actions. So, right. I mean, that's, I, like, I told my wife, I wouldn't care if she was like, hey, do you know where to get any weed? Right. But crystal meth? No. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, happy uh, high hunger. Hello, Matthew, fellow kids. My wife told her uh, politely, you need to leave the fucking park now because we live in a trailer right. park as well. So that, yeah. that's what made me think of it, Don. So man. It, it's rampant in these areas, man. Yeah, I mean the the poor of the area. I mean that's the you know that's what happens. Full disclosure, full full disclosure to everyone on within earshot of my voice. I am the parent of a deceased addict, and one of the things that I would like to see anybody do is in relation to the. The humanization of addiction. Right. Yeah, I don't. That having been said, that having been said, I will tell you this: uh, an opioid addict will—he might get into your wallet. He might take twenty bucks to get something, but that meth head will, will burn your fucking house down. Yeah. Looking for twenty bucks—that's a huge difference. It's a psychopathy that is completely don't, different. Don't get me wrong at all. I mean. So, I, I I sympathize and I feel empathy and compassion for addicts and I hope they do get the help they need. But we don't need that here. And uh, I'll, I'll do my best to keep it out of, out of where I live. And that's all you yeah. can do. So I'm actually going to kind of like Kind of the parallels between addiction and the coronavirus are, are alarming if you think about it. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
the, I know the opioid addiction has addiction period has been going up since and overdoses have been going up since the pandemics, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, if you are an addict, I, 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 I want you to get help. And I, if you need to talk, I am Austin J. Patton on Facebook and you can message me and I will talk to you and I will try to help you the best of my ability. So, you know, I, 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 lo I love everyone and I want to see everybody do good in life. So yeah, I believe that hundred percent. Rob, I couldn't make a more gold paved pathway to a segue if I could have. Wealth inequality. So anger is growing as Senate Democrats move to deny COVID relief checks to 17 million people. Fucking quit arguing about it. Quit backtracking. Quit means testing. Give us our fucking money. Yeah. That's fake. They got, they got money for candles and bombs. Oh, they got plenty of money for bombs, don't they always? Well, I mean, a lot of the bombs in the, uh, in the stockpile, it's called a stockpile for a reason. That money's already been spent. But, you know, what was it? 500,000 candles for everybody we've lost? Fuck. And you know damn well those are like probably $50 candles. Oh, yeah. Got to look good for the... Uh, Got to look good for the working class. Right, especially when each of them in Congress are taking home at least $3,000 a week of our money while they argue over whether we deserve some pocket change that uh, is a fraction of what they take home in a week. Yeah, and meanwhile, they're flexing on us to remind us who's in charge. I think we need to flex right back and show them who really is because we're Christian, the ones who Christian, alphabet man, alpha, alphabet boys. Alphabet and I'm boys. talking about <laughs> voting. You voted them in, you can vote them out. Willie this Nelson wrote we a highlight. song about this. It came out in November 2020, and the chorus was like, if you don't like who's in there, vote them out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Damn well, right. Actually, I'm going to bring it up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring it up. Please do. You're going to risk the wrath of Willie? <laughs> Man, you think I'm Willie be mad? Willie. <laughs> I, he I mean, his record company, his... his record label might, but I mean, we're going we're gonna to play it in less than 30 second increments. So it's fair use. <laughs> we're critiquing it. I can't wait till it gets nicer out just so we can start organizing more protests and marches and stuff. So we can show them that way, even before we vote that these people need to get the hell out because uh, we need more progressives and more leftists, more radicals, more anarchists. Go ahead. I'm ready. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Indeed. So, yeah. I'm about to do this. We're not playing the whole song, but I'm doing <laughs> this.
like who's in there to vote them out That's what election day is all about The biggest gun we've got is called the ballot box So if you don't like who's in there to vote them out Right before that 30 second uh, time limit Fair use, ladies okay. and gentlemen. Fair use. Vote them out. Vote them out. Vote them out. Vote them out. And when they're gone, we'll sing and dance and shout. And bring some new ones in, and we'll start that show again. And if you don't like who's in there, vote them out. He would definitely say, uh, if they're not trying to pass marijuana, vote him out too. So, <laughs> yeah, true, indeed. Ah, it started playing again in my headphones. <laughs> so we're coming to the end of the stream. We got. Uh, I don't really have anything for Left Unity today. Do you, Austin? I mean, pretty much, I'm just going to throw out the Green Party, throw out the Party for Socialism and Liberation, yeah. throw out the SRA, that's the Socialist Rifle Association. Just a I friendly mean, reminder, is... if you go far enough left, you get your guns back. Yeah, right? damn right you do. Socialists believe in guns, fucking liberals don't. Just remember that. Just remember <laughs> that. Indeed. <laughs> Um, so if any of you conservatives want to come to the left, you come far enough and we'll give you a gun for free. No. <laughs> <laughs> Socialize the firearms. Yeah, we need to nationalize the firearms industry and then distribute them to the poor. Yeah, damn right. Mm -hmm. What, what is that? Guns, but taking another step further of like bow and arrows too because you never know. The My silent killer? <laughs> yes that too yes being quiet's good uh, they, uh, oh, I was talking to somebody and they were like why don't we just start making marijuana bombs and then we can like you know it's like smoke <laughs> bombs and then just like throw them at right. the cops and so they them get out. really high yes make them so high they won't know what to do <laughs> fuck yeah that's an excellent idea <laughs> you know what that's a great idea for using at, at protests <laughs> Smoking out. Yeah. Yeah. And and now I'm wondering like how much weed would have to be packed in to what type of canister with what type of <laughs> fucking wick on there or whatever to light it. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that uh with a high enough concentration of THC, I could probably make a, a I, I definitely know I could build a a, a vape-based fogger that could do large areas, even outdoors. Yeah, it's expensive like to operate, but oh man, you would you would be the hero of hash bash, though. <laughs> I was thinking maybe you shouldn't be talking about the BOMB word too much. You know, FBI listening and whatnot. Even if it is marijuana. Yeah, no, let's not. Well, just go to your <laughs> just go to the Tor browser and the Onion Network. And look for the four we are mini pharmacy. <laughs> 
find some bomb ass marijuana on there. That's like uh, right. <laughs> when they introduced the electric acid tests uh, the CIA did. When they used to feed uh, the CIA used to feed people LSD for free uh, at random to study uh, the effects on the mind. That is a weird rabbit hole to get. Yeah, that's one. I did a study oh, on it when, one of these days. Oh. When I was in man, there's was so many rehab. declassified documents. Like you can hear it straight from the fucking horse's mouth. Yeah, correct. Yeah, they did a lot of crazy shit back in the day. Yeah. The consent factor is what bothers me, you know, like I'd known for a long time that they had done LSD tests in the CIA back then, but I didn't know until recently that they were doing it to people without their consent. Yeah. That's fucked. I, I, yeah, I told you about that, didn't I, Trisha? Yes, you did. You're the one that, that uh, exposed that one to me. So thank you for that. Yeah. If anybody that. watching gets a chance, uh, watch uh, Jacob's Ladder. I don't know if anybody here on the podcast has seen it, but it's about, uh, I don't know if it's so much true, but it was about uh, the government was trying to give soldiers LSD during the uh, Vietnam War. And uh, they were trying to make super soldiers out of them. So. Um, I've seen it and I am aware of MKUltra. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was a super that, LSD. It wasn't just regular LSD. I mean, think about it. Like, lab refined by the fucking government LSD. Uh, holy fuck. It would be super LSD. Right? Like, I'm, I would be down to take some. Sign me the fuck up. Oh my god. Let goodness. me see what the government shit's about. <laughs> I don't know. We, we would lock you away for a little bit. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> well, just don't let them lock me away because you never know what programming shit they might try to no. feed me. During. <laughs> We'd lock you but... away, let you out for the podcast, and then put you back. <laughs> oh, God. Could be some interesting takes on shit, especially if you catch me in trip, not just after. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's the thing. Like, I know there's a lot of universities that have done studies on acid and done so, um, in an actual scientific manner and consent of the parties, you know, doing double blind study the whole fucking nine yard just for actual research. That I'm okay with. The, yeah. the lack of consent is what bothers me. We know all about uh, uh, shrooms. Uh, and yeah. uh, their micro dosing capabilities, right? I mean, they say shrooms could uh, help with uh, depression, with uh, quitting yeah. smoking, with uh, people that have migraines and stuff. And that's like mm -hmm. micro dosing. That's not trying to actually, you know, get high. That's just trying to, right. you know, fix what's wrong. So, like, hey. uh, why ecstasy was made was actually uh, for marital counseling. Uh, they used it for that, and now they're using it. It's almost illegal for uh, PTSD. Or As yeah, it should be. As yeah, because it, be, it does help. Yeah, I mean they're they're finding out a lot of things that 
we use as recreational drugs are actually better than these drugs that they're coming up with now for people. So, right. Like I, I'll tell you bluntly honest from my experience, um, I was addicted to opiates because my doctor fed them to me like Pez for 15 fucking years. And I got off of opiates with mushrooms. Um, I first went for about a week or so in the woods with a big ass bag of them and um, deep cleanse every fucking thing that I needed to deal with that was contributing to the problem. And, um, you know, being honest with myself of like, okay, these are helping a little bit with the pain, but they're definitely not getting rid of the pain. How about we find something that actually will work and, you know, um, deal with it as best I can. I've got herniated discs and neuropathy because of it. Um, so that's why my doctor was like, here, have Vicodin, have Lortabs, have some Valium to go with it. Oh, that's not controlling it here. Have a fucking, uh, fentanyl patch to put on your arm. And here's still some more Lortabs to take for the breakthrough. pain. And it wouldn't control the pain, but at least after that week in the woods and then micro dosing thereafter to be able to deal mentally with the things that were going on you know besides that I was in the midst of getting out of an abusive relationship too so it helped in so many levels with dealing with the pain with the PTSD with the anxiety the whole fucking nine yards there is no reason why mushrooms should be illegal this is something that needs to be legalized across the fucking board for its medicinal value alone and if people want to use it recreationally too cool more power to you. Enjoy that shit. But also be prepared because you can't predict when they're going to teach you a lesson. Because that's what mushrooms do. They grow on shit and they turn it into something beautiful. They're going to show you your shit and turn it into something beautiful. Because that is a tool for growth. Remind me and at Christmas man. time to talk about mushrooms and the folklore oh, yeah. of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because Santa Claus ain't what people think he is. He was bringing his presents all flying for a reason. Hey, Don. Right? <laughs> yes. When I was deployed to Honduras. In hey, I've been there. I, I went, I was um, uh, back when I attended church. I went on a missions trip. We stayed in Tegucigalpa. And then a couple places down south, one of the places, I don't remember how to pronounce the name, but it translates to like the Valley of Death or something like that. Real hot, arid place. Well, the entire country is a Chiquita banana plantation. It still is. But by the I digress. The They deployed us to a particular area, again, south of Tegucigalpa. Which, by the way, for my Flint people on the phone call, or rather on this, watching the stream or listening in future, um, Tegucigalpa is like Flint 100x. But I digress. They deployed us to a farmer's field who raised cattle. So when we first got there, guess what we found? Acres huh. of mushrooms. Acres, my children. We filled garbage bags full of them. <laughs> The people in charge oh, had man. no idea what they were. Love That's it. amazing. Uh, Acres. I'm there. talking about, we probably harvested four or 500 pounds of them. God, I oh, love that. Fuck. 
Oh man, I love that. I would have loved to see. I would have loved to sit on in on the um, the uh, the mission brief afterwards. Dude, we had garbage. We had tent. <laughs> Half the back of that tent was filled with garbage bags of shrooms. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Did your leadership just think dry. it was like regular mushrooms? They like had no idea. Dude, we were making we were making tea. We were doing all <laughs> kinds of shit, man, and they had no idea what what it was. I'm just saying. You you know what I want to so try is that ayahuasca or whatever it's called. Ayahuasca. ayahuasca. Yeah, love it. I want to try that. Love it. Okay. Everybody, Rob, drop the beat. You're already dropping the beat. I can hear it in the background. Yeah. Everybody, do you, it's do you my want portion. A little, I got you. <clears throat> a little bit, yeah, yeah. Um, let me let me see here. Let me get Is the right good? voice. Yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. It's that time of night. It's my portion. It's the good news portion. You made it. Um, we talked about some heavy stuff. We had some laughs. Uh, I had something prepared for this. I actually do have something prepared for this. Um. Uh, Dean, if you could bring up that slide again, because my phone screen is shattered and I can't read it on my own. Um, yeah, the University of Queensland's Dr. Anthony, I'm Hello. not even going to try to. Romilio? Romilio has examined the Medium Geese, a painting from the Chapel of Atet at Medium in Egypt. The Medium Geese painting was found in 1871 in a tomb located near medium pyramid which it was built for the pharaoh senefra uh you can see where he what time he reigned there um the tomb belonged to the pharaoh's son the the vizier of nefermat and the painting itself supposedly found in a chapel dedicated to nefermat's wife it's hat um some things about these geese it the painting depicts a species of geese that went extinct and this is this is cool because we don't get to see things that went extinct here's the here's the picture the the one on the left of the screen is the painting um it was found in remarkably well-preserved conditions wow is that really what it looked like holy smoke yeah yeah and then the one on the right is an artist rendering of what those geese would look like in real life the one on the far right is a modern red-breasted goose. Yes. What are you other doing? than that, what are you doing? Other than that, I don't really have anything else for you. I was gonna read you a Ram Das quote or something from the Tao Te Ching, or I don't know, maybe something from Epictetus. But no, why? Because I want you to. Okay, um, Epictetus. <laughs> Epictetus, um, for those of you who don't know, he was he's the founder of Stoicism. It's a uh, form of Western philosophy founded in Greece. Um, the man was a slave whose ships sank, and he washed up homeless in the port of Athens. Um, uh, the quote that I was going to read is, well, my phone's being what it is, so I'm just going to kind of tell you the layman's terms of it freedom is the greatest pursuit humans can or freedom is the greatest achievement that humans can pursue in life oh yeah 
Right. And while we're on that topic, I do want to bring to your attention um, this is a little piece of freedom that we are bringing to Syria right now. (laughs) Ah, that looks... That looks so familiar. You know, this is why I was hoping for Tulsi Gabbard to have more of a following. Regime change wars do nothing but keep us in the Middle East. They don't secure the oil fields. They keep us perpetually over there trying to secure the oil fields. Oil and poppy. That our entire resources in the first place. And rare earth mineral. Do not forget do not forget the rare earth minerals. There are vast amounts of rare earth minerals in northern Afghanistan that are being mined by the Chinese since we moved in. That's all I gotta say about that. Yeah. Sorry. A little bit of reality. What to the levity? It would be easier. The post that's been going around, it'd be easier to give people a $15 minimum wage than it is to bomb Syria. Yeah, those bombs are not cheap. No, that's correct. And, And the logistics and all of the effort and expense in order that goes into the logistics and the supply chain and the execution of these activities staggering. Amazing. They got money for bombs, but not for the people. Where the fuck's our money while they dump trillions into bombing the shit out of innocent people overseas? Yeah, man, at least least when Caesar conquered conquered some place he would throw a party back in Rome we don't even get a fucking party as ever as a ongoing segment we like to bring attention to other leftist organizations and further reading and research that you can conduct on your own we follow Black Truth Media we listen to the Revolutionary Left Radio we, we, we follow a number of other media outlets we encourage you to do the same and follow uh find new ones you know and bring us new ones um uh, like i say I always i always plug the patrol billy workers party uh because i just love the idea of redneck communists they're and they're really funny um so if you if you out if you're out there and you discover something that you found compelling interesting amusing uh, thought-provoking uh, do feel free to share those then of course we also have our own uh, social media pages to follow correct we're on Facebook obviously most of you have probably been watching us on Facebook this whole time we have our uh, main Facebook page, and then we have the For We Are Many support group and the For We Are Many mutual aid organizing group. Um, 
Speaking of which, we have a mutual aid organizing workshop coming up next Monday, uh, four days from now. So, uh, make sure to tune in for that. It'll be streamed just like this is. Um, we're on Twitter, at For We Are Many Two. We're on Instagram, at For We Are Many Podcast. We're on TikTok, at For We Are Many Podcast. Um, we're on SoundCloud and YouTube. Uh, and of course we have our website, which we are currently in the process of, uh, beefing up our content on our website. So if you want to check that out, it's www.forwearemany.org. That is correct. And also you will be able to find future shows. And if you miss some or all of this, or if you wish to do your housework with us communicating with you on several levels in your ears. Uh, you can find us wherever you find podcasts by just really searching for We Are Many. Anybody have any sort of closing statements? Um, Madison Cawthorn's dick don't work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh man. No militias stormed the Capitol today. President Donald former President Donald Trump is still former President mm-hmm. Donald Trump. Good. Great point, Don. Thank you for that. I completely <laughs> forgot about the storm that was happening today. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. They were they were climbing <laughs> coming out of the woodwork to get the get the congressmen and the senators. Well, I mean, if it was that big of a threat, okay, the Senate wouldn't have been in session. They yeah, didn't. they just went, they, yeah, they, fuck you, we're, we're going, whatever. They, they recessed for today. No, the House did. The House mm. did. The Senate, the Senate, the Senate convened. Sorry, today yeah, was a lot. Time out, time out. Didn't Bernie Sanders go off on somebody today? Mm, could be. I hope so. I hope so, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to... I was happy that Nira Tandrum dropped out of that, you know. She's out. She's not going to be Yeah, that's that. right. Good point. So, yeah, she is out. You're right. I heard Bernie called her, her himself and was like, uh, we're, we need to wait. And then she dropped out after that. So <laughs> Good. What the hell did he do today, Bernie? Trying to figure it out. Oh, he's a radical. He's a I radical. wish I wish there was a page on social media that updated me about how his hair looks as he enters enters the cabin every time. That way I know what, what we should expect. <laughs> how many big ass tweets he has. Oh man. Or whatever that he has on those boards sometimes. Oh dude, yeah, when he used Trump's tweets on the floor of the fucking yeah. Senate, that was great. Soda will be using Biden's tweets. Uh, <laughs> you know, I thought Biden was going to have offering an amendment to raise the federal minimum wage from seven dollars and twenty-five cents an hour, which I believe is a starvation wage, to fifteen dollars an hour over a five-year period. Five years, and I think there's been some miscommunication around here. And there are people who are saying it's going from seven and a quarter to 15 bucks an hour in one year. Not true. 
goes from seven and a quarter to 950, to 11, to 1250, to 14, to $15 an hour. So anyone who says we're raising the minimum wage in one year in the midst of a pandemic to $15 an hour is simply not telling the truth. Mr. President, this amendment is similar to uh, a bill uh, which I have brought forth, uh, the Raise the Wage Act, uh, which I am proud to say has, the co has been co-sponsored by some 38 members of the Senate. Uh, and this is also on, similar to- This says impassioned. I want to and hear that is why among so voice. many other organizations supporting this amendment, it is supported by just high unemployment. It's not just income and wealth inequality. It is that a half of our people today and before the pandemic were living paycheck to paycheck. Their wages were so low that if they had a problem with their car and their kid got sick, Suddenly, they were in financial crisis, and Man, in the richest country in the history lit. of the world. Half oh yeah, this is this is straight fire. This is going on the soundcloud. Economic desperation when their car breaks down, and the reason for that is significantly that many millions of workers are earning starvation wages, and I underline that starvation wages in this country. I'd love to hear anybody get up here and tell me that they could live on seven and a quarter an hour. They could live on eight bucks an hour. They could live on nine bucks an hour. You can't. I bet they couldn't live on 15. I've been all over this country. And I have yeah. talked to workers. They couldn't. They were making 10, 11 bucks an hour with tears streaming down their cheeks, telling me what it's like to work for starvation wages and try to raise your kids. So the time is long overdue. Last time this Congress passed an increase in the minimum wage was in the year 2007. 2007. It is time to raise the minimum wage. It is time to raise the minimum wage to a living wage of 15 bucks an hour. I don't know if I agree. Now, Austin. later on today, <coughs> I, I saw what I came here to see. And Trish said it too, by the way. What's that? I don't remember what I said. No. Fifteen bucks is not enough. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. Too little. It too should, late. It should have been fifteen bucks about ten years ago. Yeah. Any? It. I mean, at least he's fighting for something. Well, listen here, man. Just. I'm gonna tell you something, Jack. Went back after me and Corn Pop, we settled our differences. I was. We was lucky. We was happy. We we made about forty or fifty thousand dollars a year just bagging groceries. We was glad to have that kind of work. So I don't know what y'all are on about, but you just need to work harder. That's the problem. You want to know what actually? Okay, so like not to like drag Bernie too much, but like dragging, you know what I'm I dragging Biden. Well, I know you are. I know. I know you are. But I mean, what I'm about to say, I don't want it to sound like I'm dragging Bernie per se, but like he's been awfully silent on those fucking bombs that Biden dropped. Yeah. Yeah, so was Warren. <laughs> well, of course Warren is. She was always a snake. Uh, Bernie does well, some good things, and then he he's silent on a lot that yeah, he needs to speak up on. He 
he was the only senator to vote against the Iraq war, correct? The congressman. Yeah. He was the only one to vote against it. I mean, Joe voted for it, so. Well, of course he did. I'm not willing to call Bernie hard, too hard on the carpet for for being a typical warmonger, but. Oh, well, no, I'm not trying to say he's a warmonger. No, I know you're not. Not at all. I I realize that. Yeah, I realize you're not. But you're right. He has been. You know, I, I, I wonder, you know, does he understand the influence he has on really three generations, you know, four, if you count his own, I don't know. I, I don't think he does when he would go into one of his, uh, Oh shit. What, what are they called? I'm brain farting right now. Rallies. When he would go. Yeah. When he would go into one of his rallies, he would literally yeah. tear up because there was so many people there. Right, and, right. you know, Jay, Jane had a Jane had to freaking calm him down and be like, "Yeah, all these people are here to see you." Right. You know. Crazy. I mean, he he. I I believe he had larger ones than Trump even had. You know. Oh, I would put like, money on that. Yeah, he. I mean, the, remember some of the ones he had? They had to turn people away because they couldn't. Ju- they couldn't have that many people. Right. So, yes, like, that's correct. The overflow crowds yeah. that are as big as the initial crowd you address. Like, they they used to put big screens out there so people could watch them outside. Yep. Like, I mean, I came in Arizona, and I'm not gonna say it was full. It's not what I expected out of a Bernie rally. I expected it to be fucking packed. But that being said, there was a lot of fucking people there. In Where? When was that? Phoenix, Arizona, last year. Last, last year, year during the runoff. Yeah. And was the pandemic happening too at the, that time or? Um, I, okay. So like Bernie's campaign, his 2020 campaign kicked off in Arizona probably 10 days before he shut down his campaign headquarters everywhere. Yeah. I, I went to the, the downtown headquarters once and then I went back for an already scheduled event that I had signed up for the day that I was there. And I, that's when I found out that the locations had been closed. I got an email later that day about it, but like, I didn't even find out until I showed up. What, what disgusted me so much about the whole him and Biden running against each other was up when uh, Super Tuesday ended and the pandemic, we knew about it and it was going on here in the United States. And Biden literally told people, go out and vote for me. And Bernie said, listen, if you can't go vote, that's fine. Stay home. Be safe. So, I mean. Yeah, he did. Our president right now literally put lives on the line for their vo- for a vote for him. So. Yeah. This was a guy who. Literally didn't leave the basement for like six months. Yeah, yep. He wasn't putting himself in harm's way, that's for sure. Remember, his handlers weren't allowing him to. I think he went 10 days without even saying anything. And Bernie, the whole time, was given like every day he was giving, uh, um, you know, meetings on Facebook and meeting with people and like trying to figure out the best way to do things for people. Yeah, it seems like every day I was getting a Facebook Live notification from Bernie. Yeah, and he was like that on every platform. Yep. Yeah, that's and the president. 
That is yeah. the president we need. That's the president we needed. That being said, if he somehow ends up running again in 2024, I'm not falling for it again, man. I'm not. No. <laughs> I can't. I, and, and that's not even anything against him. That's directly because of the DNC. They haven't learned that lesson. They're never going to learn that lesson. No. No. I mean. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, that's all I could say. I mean, I, I heartbroken twice, you know, fool me once, blame on me, fool me twice, or whatever that saying goes. <laughs> oh, time out. I have a, I have a George W. Bushism for this. <laughs> yeah, go ahead with that. <laughs> okay, okay, hold on. I got a, I got a screen share. <laughs> And so, in my state of oh, I fucked up, I'm sorry. The, my state of the union, or state, my speech to the nation, whatever you want to call it, speech to the nation. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. And America needs a military where our breasts and brightest are proud to serve and proud to stay. So you're a single mother with two children which is the toughest job in America, as far as I'm concerned. And you're working hard to put food on your family. Rarely <laughs> is the question asked, is our children learning? Too many good docs are getting out of business. Too many OBGYNs aren't able to practice their, their love with women all across this country. See, I don't think you can be. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on Shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. <laughs> That's what I should have said. I definitely should have said that. Oh, God. Man, all the people that voted for Biden should have voted for the other Biden. So. I'm sorry. You remember when Biden said that? Yeah. Oh, God. Or remember when he told that worker in Detroit that I don't work for you. Yeah, he even pointed at that guy in his chest. He was like, I don't work for you. Listen here, man. I'm going to tell you something. Back when Luann and Leanne were hot, they were hot to try, we used to throw rocks at them, man. And that's how we knew they was ready. <laughs> oh, my God. Kids used to like feeling my leg, my hairy legs. What? <laughs> what did you just say? You guys, hey, hey, do you remember that time the president of the United States, the current president of the United States said in an interview that poor kids were just as smart as white kids? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah dude. That's right. They're that? just as smart as. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We got our. Yeah. Just as smart as any racist. We got a damn racist in the White House. And nobody will Nobody's ever surprised. Nobody's yep. surprised. Come on. They're just like, well, he's slightly less racist than Trump. Isn't that okay? Like, no, no that's not okay. You know, that's the thing, right? I was really hoping, you know, for that. I'll be honest with you, right? Okay, we got to deal with Biden, right? Okay, I, you know, Bernie didn't win. I'm not falling for that again. Yeah, okay. None of us seriously believed that the Democratic Party was going to let Bernie slide in there anyway. So, no, I mean, let's be realistic, right? So, we knew that wouldn't happen. I'm not willing to point fingers at Bernie no. too hard. 
because he did change the dialogue, right? If if it weren't for COVID and if it weren't for a for the for the craven lunatics that manage the Democrat Party, man, if it we wasn't might have for had COVID, a president. then it would have been a big ass wave that was way too big for the DNC to stop. It was already. I think so too. You know. I think so too. If Bernie were to, the problem is like, switch and run green. Ahead. If he were to run green, I think he would take it. Or at least put I don't, man. I think he 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 would at least get the greens on the stage though. Oh yeah. I think he would Yeah, that's true. I think he would fracture the Democratic Party the same way that Trump has fractured the Republican Party, except opposite end of the spectrum of he'd be doing it with a good reason. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think he does better in the Senate as a seated Democrat, as a senior statesman. Then he would losing that seat to because his constituents wouldn't back a green candidate of any form. He was independent when he took that seat. I I agree. I'm not. That's fine. I, I understand. Once you move your polarity that far, really downward or upward, I'm not sure where on the Mobius strip the Green Party lies. But my what I wanted to say. Uh, earlier about biden was they we we had an epic old man who said crazy shit for four years and i think that people thought they were going to get another epic old man that said crazy shit and they really he really hasn't said anything like that i mean i I was really waiting i'm waiting for the moment no right it's crazy isn't it yeah and he you know he doesn't control his own twitter or anything not like Donald Trump did, so no, he doesn't give a shit about Twitter. He's not even he doesn't even know what that shit is. <laughs> no, but when he was on the campaign trail, he was saying some crazy shit. Yeah. Oh, I know it was gold, right? Yeah, a lot I mean, of the he, stuff was he was like halfway filling gymnasiums, bro. Yeah, if that right, <laughs> halfway. Well, halfway local gymnasiums. high school gymnasiums. <laughs> uh. Hold on, hold on. I bet I can find some uh, some things. I'm gonna tell you right now, man. I mean, I'm 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 gonna tell you right now. When I was, uh, I used to run down to the ice cream shop, man. We just, I seen my, I seen your my oldest brother. He would come around the corner with his Corvette. He'd do burnouts, right? And them (laughs) girls would be choking on the tire smoke, and we'd laugh. But that's how we knew. Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> no, didn't he, he? He ran twice before that, and both times that I'm pretty sure he plagiarized stuff. Who Biden? Uh, yeah, and Fuck, he ran five times. Was I it think. five times? I know it was multiple so, times, and like he plagiarized so much stuff that they were like, "No, you gotta, you gotta drop out. You can't be, uh, you can't do this." I'm sorry, buddy. Man. It's not his fault that his speech writers plagiarize stuff, man. He just reads what's on. He just reads what's on the teleprompter, dude. He he got arrested because he visited Nelson Mandela. Remember? <clears throat> Actually, no. I had no idea. Uh, that's no. He really didn't. He got they. He didn't get arrested at all. So <laughs> that's ah. what he said to everybody, though. I am actually really having a hard time finding pictures of Biden's campaign rallies because all the ones that I see are like pictures of Trump rallies talking about how Trump's rallies were so much bigger. But you know what? Let's they were the biggest. They were the biggest. They were great. Everything was great. Mexico paid for. 
<laughs> oh man. Somebody tell Eric I don't love him. I mean, but like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna screen share for a second. Hold on. Alright. So Check this out, right? You see this big old like empty chunk up here, right? Well, that was right. that was due to COVID. Check that out. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's all I got. That's all I got. But the point is, is we know who would have won the fucking primaries, and we know who would have mopped the floor with Trump. But instead, Biden barely squeezed by and hasn't even done the bare minimum to keep that spot. Can I can I rip on Hillary real quick? Absolutely. Always. Okay. <laughs> Please. Thank you. Do you remember that she had the white noise or what what were the noise machines called that she used to uh, drown out protesters and stuff? Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, I do. I forget exactly what the specifics were, but yeah. Yeah, she had noise machines that drowned out protesters. I mean, Biden even had protesters when he was running. You know, my favorite my favorite thing back when we were all supposed to storm Area 51 was the um, the campaign to storm the Clinton complex because they can't black they can't black bag all of us. Yeah. I'm glad she, I really I am glad she didn't win. So I I have a feeling that we would have been worse off with her and not so much as a vocal but as in she, she really hated hates russia and she really i i believe she wanted to go to war with russia so oh she's been beating that fucking drum for years i mean that's why they came out with the russian russia gate you know so and that was proven wrong oh it, it, hillary didn't win it must have been uh somebody else's fault no it was it was definitely her terrible terrible history being a uh what what was she a goldwater girl yeah something like that she she helped run uh goldwater which was a blatant racist Yeah, wasn't that actually the campaign that kickstarted her even being involved in politics? Yeah. When she helped him. Yep, it was. That was she, he was a Republican too, so that says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Speaks volumes. I know we're kind of dragging the ending out, but I feel like I should give a little bit more good news after all of that. Can I do that, Rob? Are you okay with that? Go ahead. Okay. But everybody then, that's... Then, then we're actually going to end it. All right, I feel that. I was everybody... going to end it with the George W. Bushisms. That's fair. You should have just <laughs> cut us off mid-sentence like they did in The Sopranos. <laughs> everybody that's hearing my voice right now. How do I say what I want to say? Listen, if any of you are grieving in any way... Um, just know that there's no pressure to get through it quickly. In fact, it's probably best that you let it run its course. Because if you do, at the end of it, if you're grieving, 
if you're grieving somebody leaving the death of a loved one, something like that. <clears throat> when the grief runs its course, you'll sit down on your back porch and in somewhere that brings you peace one day and you'll realize that that love didn't go anywhere. That love was inside of you the whole time. Ram Das said that, and I think that that's, that's my little portion of hope that I'm going to leave you with tonight. Because we talked about some heavy, heavy shit again. We did indeed. We needed that Ram Das moment. Yeah, Thank I got you. Thank you for that. What kind of country we're going to be? Four more years of George. Uh, George, uh, he uh, is going to find ourselves in a position where, if uh, Trump gets elected, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be in a different world. <laughs> I never forgot what President Kennedy said about going to the moon. He said, we're going, you know why? Because we refuse to postpone. Let's not postpone and get out of the rain. God bless you all. Thank you. What the fuck? That's right. We're going to go into the moon and we're going to get some moon pussy. Shout out to the Antifa super sluts on the moon. I an effective strategy to mobilize true and international to pressure. I just he was like, what? Oh, oh shit. He did not even know it. Right. Oh, my God, you guys remember this? No, I didn't see the Dance a little bit, Joe. Come on. He's speaking to a Latino crowd. I tell you what, if I had the talent of any one of these people, I'd be, I'd be elected president by acclamation. That's right. You should go out and vote. You're in voting now. Vote and let your senators know how. Why does he blink so much? Vote now. Make sure you, in fact, I'm not going to answer the question because because the question is the question is the question left. Will you shut up, man? Listen, who is on your list, Joe? Who's on your list? Million Michiganders. Donald Trump thinks health care is a privilege. Rock and I think it's a right. For people that bad at health care. What the fuck does what the fuck does Barack have to do with anything? He meant it's the right for everybody to have bad health care. That's what he was trying to say. (laughs) Man, what a terrible, terrible speaker! You remember that episode of South Park where they they vote for uh, a douche or a or a shit sandwich? Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> definitely... I, I have I have one more thing and then I swear I'm gonna stop taking you down this, this rabbit hole. <laughs> okay. Lost. One last thing. Ah! We're all doomed! <laughs> People are breathing out this living poison and trying to float into my or I lost my car keys. I, I had to steal my neighbor's Segway to get here today. And on the way, I crashed in this dumpster. And these kids are making a video on now I'm on TikTok. I can't. Excuse me. Yeah. Being not hysterical. Despite, you know, things. Just going to do this little fair use thing. Off to a great start, though. Typical Weird Al Yankovic, right? Oh, I can do that. Dignified. 
Gentlemen, welcome to the first presidential debate. Our first question in the key of G sharp minor is I'm so sorry. Any twenties a rage in hellscape. Any ideas on how to stop a worldwide plague? We should be providing people the help they need. He knew back in February it was a deadly disease. What did he do? He's on tape acknowledging you knew. Really? He waited and waited and waited, and he didn't even tell you. President Trump did a phenomenal job. People said that. Well, we got the gowns, we made the ventilators, we got the masks. I don't wear masks like him. Every time you see him, he's got a mask. The biggest mask I've ever seen. The biggest. <laughs> I hate the mask I've ever oh. seen. Will we ever get back all the jobs we lost? Or should we set up 11 million Etsy shops? My economic plan would create $1 trillion in economic growth. He has no intention of making it better for you all at home. I brought back football. It was me, me. What? Big Ten football, and I'm very happy. Who's it gonna be? They wanna take back. Oh man, I love oh. this. The cows, the cows, and the West Wing. Now here's the deal. He has no idea what he's talking about. We're living in the apocalypse. I'm begging you to put a stop to this pretty please. He said he could inject some bleach. They cheat. If the Supreme Court is truly supreme, where's the guac, ground beef, and sour cream? The American people have a That's right. That's a good today. point. Who's the Supreme Court nominator? They should have ended it there. <laughs> we have a phenomenal nominator. I Okay. He did not have a phenomenal nominee. Just to throw that out there. Out of questions, but still got a while. It's time to drop some bars. Let's see how you freestyle. On Europe, they live there. Forest cities. They're called forest cities. It's a forest city. You know, he talks about the art of the deal. China's perfected the art of the steel. Bad things happen in Philadelphia. Bad things. He's just afraid. Oh, boy, stand back and stand by. But he said there were very fine people on both sides. He said, maybe we should drop a nuclear weapon on hurricanes. The cars have computers all over the place. Who's it gonna be? Oh, man, that was a perfect place to pause it. Pretty that, much. That face. That face. That hair. <laughs> that hair. They want to take out the cows. The cows. In the West Wing. Now, here's the deal. He has no idea what he's talking about. We're living in the apocalypse. I'm begging you to put a stop to this pretty please. Keep yapping, man. The people understand. He doesn't have a plan. Exploding trees, COVID-19, hurricanes with names past the letter Z. Conspiracy theories about vaccines. Murder hornets coming from across the sea. Too many memes about World War III. Can't tell what's hell or reality. Earth yep. Yep. Not getting sued. Quakes ruining my whole week because I dropped my keys in the crack between the upholder and my car seat. <gasps> Who's it gonna be? They wanna take out the cows, the cows, and the West Wing. Now here's the deal. He has no idea what he's talking about. We're living in the apocalypse. I'm begging you to put a stop to this pretty please. He said he could inject some bleach. They cheat. Who's it gonna be? That was really a pr productive segment, wasn't it?
<sighs> Keep yapping, man. If you'll excuse me, the murder hornets come on at midnight, so I've got to go home and seal the door to my purge room. And I'll take this uh, light breeze with me. Not you later, dude! Ciao, baby! <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's what I wanted to end on. We had to be lighthearted at the end, He used right? an electric... He used an electric leaf blower to make his hair do that. That's fucking epic. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> anyway, oh, solidarity, uh, everyone. I'm glad that... Solidarity. I, I'm glad that somebody made it through to the end with us. Did they? <laughs> yeah. We still have... Yeah, I don't know. We, yeah, we still have... Yeah, we do. Right so on. five watchers. <laughs> Good night, Natalie. Good night, all. I'm so night. glad Thank that you, you guys could be here for that. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night, guys. Good night, everybody. Night.